Hello, all of you ghouls out there. This is Christopher from the Black Lagoon. And before we start our podcast, here's a shout out to some of our friends and sponsors. Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company is in Merrimack, New Hampshire. And that is where we and our friends and podcast family members wrote so to record. The brewery self-distributes in the southern New Hampshire area, and it has a tap room and beer garden you can visit. For a list of where the beers are available and tap room hours, go to abelebenezer.com. Reanimated Rob here. Road Soda is a weekly podcast hosted by Mike, the head brewer and co-founder of Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company, and Brendan, distributor for Abel Ebenezer and founder of The Little Crew. They discuss current events, have interesting conversations, all while reviewing a beer. They drink while you drive. Check them out every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, all my creepy peeps. It's Meg the Mortician here reminding you to not litter. One of the many hats I wear is the event coordinator for the New Hampshire Litter Crew. Find us on social media at NH Litter Crew and follow our Facebook page to find out about our next Litter Crew event coming near you. all the monsters out there this is one of your hosts of the monster talk podcast christopher from the black lagoon welcome to another installment this is uh our episode 11 on for season one and tonight we are going to be reviewing from 2011 there's a lot of ones in this (laughs) uh grave encounters from 2011 along with me are my fellow co-hosts reanimator rob and Meg the Mortician. So everyone, welcome back and thank you again for listening. How what have you guys been up to since our last episode? Oh man, so let's see. Uh, we had a Friendsgiving at the seventeen fifty Tap House in Bedford. That was a very delightful evening, so thank you, Christopher Robert Blank, for setting that up. Um, I also donated a few bucks to the Hope for the Winter at twelve, which is a winter warming station in manchester that's going to be running december 1st to like march and um the 1269 cafes run out of the former saint casimir school um it's like 17 dollars per night per guest basically so um when i rehearse in manchester on tuesday nights and wednesday nights or tuesday nights and monday nights is where i where our church is is like a lot of homeless people and so i'm just like you know i'm just I, i don't know I just want people to be warm and safe during the winter. So yeah. if you're interested, you can go to um, www.recoverynewhampshire.org and donations can also be sent to Hope for New Hampshire Recovery, Hope for the Winter, 1269 Warming Station, 293 Wilson Street, Manchester, New Hampshire, 03103. So it's 17 bucks a night. I'm like, what the heck? You know, I mean, um, so I'm just I'm all about giving back in this time of year and uh, we're going to have a bonfire this weekend, and so my admission requirement is one can good. And so I'm going to take those canned goods and give them to the New Hampshire Food Bank. Oh, that's lovely. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, we're getting some good feedback on our Thanksgiving podcast. And so my friend Jimmy Pritchard, uh, who's one of our top fans, he, he's 
posted something on Facebook about an idea about killer foods, and it's an uh, artichoke, and it's um about a, a serial killer um, named Artichoke. It's basically it is an artichoke, and it's planted in a cursed ground, and after watching his family get plucked and chopped in the garden, uh, it starts strangling any garden gardener in its path. And <laughs> I had laughed so hard. And when I was talking to him um, this weekend, past weekend over dinner, he was like, a sausage in Connecticut might be a good one too. And I... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it almost sounds like a premise with vegetables, but not Jack Frost. <laughs> Very similar to that. And um, so just a shout out again to our top fans, Jamie Pritchett, Gaetano Zanelli, who also gave us awesome feedback on Thanksgiving. He's like, I've been laughing so hard, and he's watching the movie. Uh, Brendan DeKemper and Christine Mistretta. And um, Jimmy Pritchard did mention another movie to me called Rubber, and I guess it's about a killer. That's an awesome the movie. Tire, yeah, right? a killer tire. Yeah. So I'm like, sneaky, awesome movie. Add that to the list. Yeah, I've yes. heard of it. I haven't watched it, but yeah, I've do, heard good things. It's not a long movie, but do yourself a favor and watch Rubber. I, I'll definitely take the You'd time. You'd be like, why is this a killer, killer tire? Well, <laughs> try telekinesis. Right? Yeah, I definitely want to watch that. So thank you for that intel, Jimmy Pritchard, and. Uh, our rehearsals, like, so I had a rehearsal Saturday, uh, Monday, and Tuesday. So our dress rehearsals next week, and uh, we're gearing up for holiday concerts with the New Hampshire Gay Men's Chorus. So if you're interested, tickets are 20 bucks. www.nhgmc.com, and we're also on Eventbrite. So it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm ready, and, and uh, let's do this. Love Deck the it. halls. Awesome. <laughs> what about you guys? I've just been, you know, watching Bones and then uh, watching the movies that we have upcoming. We kind of have, you know, them planned out, but no spoilers on what's coming next. <laughs> we like to surprise you guys. Of course. So, <laughs> you watch the next movie, but not this movie. Yeah, I told, <laughs> I told Chris and Rob, I was like, I watched the next week's movie and I had to panic watch the movie tonight, <laughs> last night. But that's okay. Um, it was both very good. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about the movies that we're reviewing and Me wrapping too. up the season with. Um, but other than that, you know, I just kind of hanging out with the fam this past weekend. My niece got pictures with Santa, so that was fun. Yeah, and then just like I went on a cooking spree on Sunday. Like I just I went off and I baked. <laughs> I baked. And what did I you cooked. make? So I prepped my lunches for the week. Um, I made a dinner. Which normally I'm like, ah, I'll have ramen. But and then and then I made apple crisp. So it was very good. Did you have ramen? No. I, I made like um a hasselback chicken with some potatoes. Ooh. It was very good. Sounds good. Oh yeah. But Yummy. Yeah, you know, just the doing adult things and then getting ready for Thanksgiving tomorrow. So Yeah, it's a good time of year to do cooking and being at home and yeah. and, and like I I've just been like on a soup kick. I'm just all about like it is soup season. Yeah, I do love soup. Awesome soup recipes. And it's funny that you, you're talking about Santa. So there was a debate in one of my uh, friends groups about like fat shaming Santa and whether Santa should be oh. like, so, there's like a debate on like Santa is, should stand, like the real Santa clauses from Europe are, are, are actually thin and not fat. Oh. And, and it just became like this comical like banter back and forth about now we're now we're like shaming Santa for being too fat. That's funny. <laughs> so actually it was kind of weird. So I was watching one of 
Um, so my or my general manager texted like the whole office, and he was like, "Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is on. There will be a quiz tomorrow." And I was kind of like panicked because I was like, <laughs> "I don't have cable." First of all, um, I knew we had it on DVD, but like my roommate has it on DVD. But I was like, eh, "I'm in my room, and the DVD plays in the living room." So it was on YouTube for free, and I did watch it. Um, and then it, I went down like this Christmas movie rabbit hole. Oh. So along with the original like 1960 something Ru- Rudolph Those, the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. Right. So the claymation ones. Love so those. there's a 1998 Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that I also have seen and loved when I was like oh, younger. Yeah. So that was, I watched that and then it made me think of, have you guys ever seen Annabelle's Wish? No. So it's a movie about a Christmas cow, and oh, breaks my heart. I can't like. I feel like I can't talk about it too much <laughs> without giving away the whole plot. But like, so many just like little animated like '90s movies mm. that like I forgot about, and then like I re- rekindled. So I'm definitely like for someone who's not a huge Christmas person, um, like I was, I was getting into that Christmas movie rabbit hole. Oh so. yeah, there's there's some good flicks out there for Christmas. You know, like yeah. every year you get the. I always watch like obviously like the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Vacation. Yeah. That's a, I have that one on DVD because it's a good one. And yeah. uh, and you know, um, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. I mean, those are just oh, yes. Christmas story. And I do like like some of the animation ones. They're just yeah. they're just cool. Like uh, what's that? That uh, Midnight. Ex- uh, the Polar Express. Polar Express. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, I, I do like some of those and Tony loves to watch Home Alone. He loves like oh, the Home Alone. Oh, yeah. You gotta watch Home Alone. Yeah. Both and of Kevin McAllister. And every Thanksgiving I watch planes, trains, and automobiles. It's a tradition oh, in that's my family. A good one too. I forgot about oh. that movie for Thanksgiving. Oh, it that's is a good it's one. such a great one. Me and my dad have been watching Die Hard around Christmas. Yep. Time. Oh yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> great Christmas movie. doesn't start till Hans Gruber falls from the top. <laughs> Yeah, it's and a Carl great Winslow shows up in his police cruiser. Oh, I know, yes. right? <laughs> Family matters. I, love <laughs> I know it's not Carl Winslow. <laughs> yeah, but as a character, but oh god, it is a good, it's a good flick, definitely. Uh, it is. Yeah. So if anything, you know, the holidays, you can watch all that good, all those good, you know, movies oh, yeah. from your past and rekindle that nostalgia. And, yeah. You know, that's part of what Christmas is all about. Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, I know, like Christmas Eve when I go to my aunt's house. Like, I mean, the Christmas story is always playing in the background. Yeah. I know, like, TBS usually does, like, a 24-hour oh, yeah. Christmas story. Oh, yep. Every year. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I just, you know, and that movie, I I still, like, I laugh so hard at some of those scenes. And Christmas Vacation, oh, my God. It's just. It's a good one. <laughs> uh, and, and one of my favorite, like, comic memes is, is, uh. The cousin Eddie like emptying the, the RV shitter yep. and yep. with with the clown from It in the sewer. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a great little. I comic love that too. crossover. Uh, I I think one year I worked here um, for Christmas Eve. I yeah, so I worked here Christmas oh. Eve night yeah. like two years ago. I was rocking a Chicago Blackhawks Griswold jersey, <laughs> and everyone's nice. like, "You like the Blackhawks?" I'm like. No, I'm a Bruins fan, but this is just an awesome <laughs> jersey because this is Griswold. I ended up giving it to my little brother, but yeah, I used to have one of those at one point in my nice. life. I, I told my mother-in-law she was, you know, we were talking about Christmas presents for relatives, and I said, "How about the Jelly of the Month Club? It's the gift that keeps on giving." Because <laughs> <laughs> you keep giving it away to other people. Uh, <laughs> Ugh. Love uh, it. So, what about you, Christopher? What have you been up to? I watched a few movies besides the one we're reviewing tonight. 
Um, I actually watched Hellraiser 2 with Joe Bob Briggs on The Last Drive-In. Nice. I love that man's Um, voice. Me too. He's He's soothing. It's funny because you can hear like his sarcastic tones, but he's such an intelligent dude that I I can never stop like like promoting that show. Um, And then I watched Jaws the Revenge. Oh my God. Just was like, hey, why not? And then I realized... It's also Christmas themed. <laughs> it is. In the beginning, it is. It takes place during Christmas at Amity, and Bro- one of Brody's sons, I think it's Michael. Yeah. Michael Brody. He's a police officer now in yep. in Amity. So I watched that as well. The banana. Than, yeah, the banana boat scene is really good. Other than oh. you know, oh, I like that banana boat scene. And the NES game is based off of that. Yeah, yeah. Especially with how you got to kill Jaws and all that good stuff. So and then yeah. Um. Other than that, it's just been working because, uh, as y'all know, like our our episodes are recorded the week prior. So this this episode will come out on December first. So today it's actually the day before Thanksgiving. Um, here at the brewery, we've been stocking our shelves and everything, getting ready for the holiday. I still need to get beer for myself. I know I work for a brewery, <laughs> but I can't just take stuff out of the cooler, yeah, guys. Yeah, no. um, the cans cost money, people. <laughs> Uh, other than that, just preparing for the dreaded winter and uh, oh God, it's been cold next lately. holiday, which I despise mm. the most, which we actually put up our Christmas tree last weekend. Oh, you oh, did? Oh, dang, you're ahead of me. Well, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> I, so, I, I'm yeah. so against it, but we're like, you know what? It's our first Christmas tree, so we put it up. Aww. Yeah. We Charles, yeah. and I forgot I had a couple of uh, ornaments that I got last year, and we, plus all of our rel- all of our relatives got us like many ornaments because we just got the house and everything mm. a year right. ago. Charlie, we got a year ago, Aww. so we got two ornaments for Charlie. They're Aww. like a dog. It was in the, they're two different breeds of dogs, and we're like, which one's closest? Like, oh, they have the pit bull. Yeah, just throw that one on. <laughs> um, I got a Yoda one from the <laughs> Clone Wars cartoon, <laughs> and then um. One of them is a Charlie Brown from the Christmas special, Aww. and he's carrying the tree, Aww. which I do have one of those trees, but it's I've had it for at least a decade, so like the metal's starting to break in there. Yeah. I gotta find some like brown electrical tape to like, <laughs> put it back together again. My coworker brought in like a little Charlie Brown Christmas tree for the office, yeah. and it's pretty adorable. So I, I'm I, very I'm very scrooge about christmas I know yeah. you are We're so my, aware so my goal is as part of December is. Just to, you know, I have some good stuff lined up for the podcast, and we're going to make it as fun as possible for Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe remove his heart some will of, be three times. <laughs> remove some yeah. of that Grinchness. Chris, Chris's heart will grow three times over the course of this month as we take you through this spooky Christmas. As, and then I have cardiac say. arrest. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> no. So my goal is, for all you fans out there, is yes, you can still celebrate Christmas, but still have fun and and have some horror stuff going on. Definitely, and, you, you know. know. You know, I'm just thinking about this right now. I wonder if there's any like other holiday horror movies. Like, is there a Hanukkah horror movie? Is there a Kwanzaa oh. horror movie? You know what I mean? Like the Kwanzaa Party Massacre. Is Are that you one? being serious? No. <laughs> That'd be funny. Stop. Maybe I for... honestly believed you for a second. The Hanukkah <laughs> from Hell, <laughs> and, and maybe to our friends from the North, Boxing Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But it's like, I feel like Boxing Day could be like the purge where everyone has to fist fight in the streets during Christmas in Canada or the Canadian holiday in Canada. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, there's a guy just wearing like a Tim Hortons bag with the eye holes cut out just for (laughs) a nominated E and just, yeah, 
That would be in- that would be interesting to know <laughs> if there are any. I mean, I'm not sure. It's like happy holidays, eh? And then boom, fisticuffs. And then the next day, everyone's polite and saying sorry. So <laughs> sorry. And I say that out of love, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my fellow Canadians. Eh? Yeah. So that's all I, I have. I've got going on for the past week. Awesome. So, Rob, you have to tell us about some toys in the autopsy report with Reanimator Rob. Good evening, Reanimator Rob. So, I have a bunch of stuff. So, I have some news, and we're going to be kicking off um, a, a new segment throughout the holiday season called 13 Slays of of Christmas where we're going to just kind of go down like the top 13 horror movies, Christmas holiday movies based on different reviews of different websites and collecting a lot of data. But um, I just wanted to start off with some just regular news. So because we're talking about um, this movie, Grave Encounters dealing with ghosts. So um, according to horror news network, the 10 episode six season of kindred spirits, will premiere on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus December 18th, according to comicbook.com, with a familiar trio of investigators searching for the truth behind numerous eerie happenings. Amy Bruni, Adam Barry, and Chip Coffey, three of the country's, quote, leading paranormal investigators, are back in the job and are determined to uncover the mysteries behind unexplained paranormal anomalies across the country, uh, according to the season six description to kick things off in the season premiere, the undertaker's secret, the team travels to East Bridgewater, mass Massachusetts to investigate a haunted building that quote terrorizes anyone who enters in 1982. The building was home to the Freemasons, a secret society that was famous for its quote ritualistic ritualistic obsession with death and the afterlife and it's possible their sinner intentions are still lingering. During the course of season six, Bruni said the team potentially discovered a body <laughs> in a basement and found a 300-year-old haunted shoe. Oh, okay. This has been the most unpredictable and mind-bending set of investigations we ever done, quote, Barry added this season. And we'll see more family cases and new experiments that will blow your mind in some of the craziest paranormal activity we've ever encountered. So I thought that was timely giving our, you know, podcast review this week. I haven't, I don't think I've seen this. Have you guys? No, but it sounds like something that would tie you up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I, Chris, I think we were talking about some of the new, I guess it came out with some new stuff paraphernalia from the movie, The Stuff, 1985. Yes, Gutter Garbs, I believe, is released. They they released um, a bunch of the stuff, and they actually did a 24-hour Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3 tonight. Oh. So not that I'm trying to get you guys, but guys, to buy it and all tonight uh, whenever this gets released. But everything's time-sensitive because of, um, of course, Black Friday shopping. And a lot of places I've noticed are putting up Black Friday sales Starting on Fridays, such as uh, Fright Rags, yeah. Gutter Garbs, Creepy Company, and a bunch of other um, horror movie-related yeah. stuff. So I'm, like, wicked excited. So apparently they, they found some new footage of the movie The Stuff, Ooh. according to um, Bloody Disgusting. So as the, the the tagline goes, enough is never enough for the stuff. So the late Larry Cohen tackled American marketing 
and consumerism with 1985's The Stuff, censored on a dessert sensation that brings consumers, uh, that begins consuming the consumers. (laughs) Uh, The film has been released to home video at various different points over the years, most recently on Blu-ray by Arrow Video. But it seems a never-before-seen version of the movie is also lurking out there. Ooh. Yeah, and so the Dem- Devet- the Denver film team just tweeted about the surprising event this week, noting that they quote made a remarkable discovery while looking through the 35 millimeter reel of the stuff. The tweet continues, quote the print came from the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, and is actually the director's cut with 30 extra minutes of footage not found anywhere else. In the 1985 cult classic starring Michael Moriarty, quote, a delicious mysterious goo that oozes from the earth is marketed as the newest dessert sensation, but the tasty treat... I was going to say also Garrett Morris from Saturday Night Live is in the movie. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I was wondering about that 30 extra minutes Will that include Garrett Morris. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that looks nice, Chris, though, yeah. those T-shirts. Um, so the tasty treat rots more than your teeth when zombie-like snackers who only want to consume more of the strange substance at any cost begin infesting the world. So I, I always like the tagline, are you... Are you eating it or is it eating you? (laughs) Actually, Rob, one of our first real encounters was when we started talking about horror movies and I worked the bar more often. You always told me to watch the stuff. Mm. So I went out and I believe it's the Arrow release. I still have it. And it's like the ultra Blu-ray edition. And I bought the movie and I was like, thank you. (laughs) I've always wanted to see this. It's a great flick. Like, I always love the scene where the kid, like, he knows the stuff is alive and Nobody believes him, and he freaks out in the grocery store and takes out the whole yogurt and dairy aisle. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> um, so uh, speaking of ghosts, so um, Ghostbusters Afterlife has uh, was out in the theaters, and it has restored the luster to Sony's supernatural franchise, according to Hollywood Reporter. The holiday tentpole easily topped the weekend chart with a better-than-expected $44 million from over 4,300 theaters at the North American box office wow. after succeeding in luring both families and males, the most avid moviegoers in the pandemic era. Ghostbusters Afterlife performance is a big win for Sony, which was haunted by its failure to revive the franchise with the 2016 female skew in Ghostbusters. The studio is counting on big business throughout Thanksgiving week and next weekend. Overseas, Afterlife started off with $16 million from 31 markets for a worldwide launch of $60 million. The new film was directed by Jason Reitman and is a sequel to the iconic 1984 movie Ghostbusters, which was directed by his dad, Ivan Reitman. According to Horror News Network, Ghostbusters 2016 had an obscene $144 million budget, adding the marketing costs and the film actually lost money in its theatrical run. Ghostbusters Afterlife has a reportedly more modest... $75 $75 million budget. So, sounds like, you know, there was a lot of um, people predicting that this movie would flop before it even came out. Right. And so, according to, like, the Horror News Network and stuff, um, including, like, Tommy Tuna, who was, like, very happy. Uh, he's a reporter, Tommy Tuma, Tuna. Um, they were very happy that this movie is succeeding. So, uh, definitely, like, worth checking out. Yeah. I've always had interest in this movie since it was announced. Um, everyone's 
always been wanting a good sequel to Ghostbusters. I can see what they were trying to do in 2016. Yeah. I yeah. had no interest in it. And now that they like I liked just it. <laughs> just with like all like the little um what can I say? The um all the little throwbacks to the the first two movies, like I think they just just by the by the ads alone, it looks like they were going to do a great job with it. Mm. And there was more care taken to it. It wasn't just like a money grab. Mm. I mean, they're always going to be grabbing some <laughs> money making a movie. But I, I just feel like this is just going to be a better continuation. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I want to see it now because I didn't, I didn't see the, um, the, the 2016 version. It was cute. Yeah, <laughs> I probably should. I mean, I just, because I grew up, you know, I, I remember seeing Ghostbusters in the movie theater as a kid, you know, for crying out loud. That was a big deal. And I think at one point they had Ghostbusters cereal and. Well, they're reviving Ecto Cooler now. Right. And then they have like. All those toys you can make your own ectoplasm, <laughs> and you know probably all like hazardous waste and stuff as a kid. But it's just such a great franchise. Yeah, even with just, the, albeit I know too, a lot of people shit on Ghostbusters too. No, it's it, you can't follow up the original Ghost. You just can't. No, you just no. can't do it. You can do something that is a great follow up. I don't think two was terrible, right? But it definitely was not the same caliber as Ghostbusters one. Yeah, yeah, I, I um, and I just remember the music video by Ray Parker Jr. You know the song, and they had all those celebrities like Ch- you know Ghostbusters, Chevy Chase, John Candy. <laughs> you know, I love that video. Everybody wanted in on that video. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and Ray Parker had more songs. I know, <laughs> I, know. I know, right? Oh, poor Ray Parker. <laughs> I know, I know. So um, so tomorrow, and, and you know, unfortunately, this will be out um, next week, but. Tomorrow's Black... I mean, the day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday. So, you, you know, you always hear those, like, horror stories about, you, you know, these, these like, horrific events that take place on, on Black Friday. So I decided to do a little research, and so I just wanted to share this. And this is all based on my own research um, from multiple sources. So, oh, boy. Yeah. Nothing but the facts. And nothing but the facts, people. Um, so since around 1952, the day after Thanksgiving has been regarded as the official start to America's Christmas shopping season. But in recent years, the horrors of human behavior on Black Friday have turned into frightening, into a frightening anthology of the lengths people will go to grab a good deal. And of course, we can thank smartphones for capturing all the gory details on video. Definitely. Yeah. And so according to the website Black Friday Death Count, or BFDC. This has gotten dark. <laughs> I know. Jesus. There are people dedicated to this. Um, there have been 14 reported deaths and 117 injuries since 2006, a relatively small figure considering that stores saw upwards of a billion consumers. This works out to an average of about one death and nine injuries per year. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, all things considered, right? Right. But like, it's, yeah. that's good, but, like, it's not great. Right. <laughs> but it's the ones that you always that make the news, right? Yeah. So, but over time, these accidents don't seem to occur with any de- degree of consistency. So, which makes Black Friday shopping a nerve-wracking experience for many people. So, scouring, scouring news reports from across the globe for the past 15 years, Black Friday death count collects all the reportable Black Friday deaths and injuries. And as a result... Rel- as a result, has created a morbid reference library of when holiday shopping takes a dark turn. Mm. So each year, 
sees a large variation in the number of injuries and deaths reported. For instance, 2011 saw the largest spike with 45 incidents, while 2017 and 2015 had no reportable Black Friday deaths or incidents. According to their website The Hustle and other news reports, the dramatic spike in 2011 can be mostly attributed to separate pepper spray incidents inside Walmart. <laughs> of course, I don't it's a disbelieve Walmart. this. <laughs> so for I believe it. Yeah. So, for instance, in North Carolina, a police officer rained down on an unruly crowd, injuring 20. And in California, a woman sprayed fellow shoppers over a brat stall in what one patron called, quote, customer versus customer shopping rage. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> in a separate incident, a woman at a Porter Ranch, California Walmart used pepper spray on fellow shoppers, causing minor injuries to a reported 20 people who had been waiting hours outside in a line uh, at the store, uh, waiting for it to open so that they could all uh, grab a newly discounted Xbox 360. Ugh. So, yeah, she was just like, I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> and so the majority of Black Friday incidents, uh, incidents, 69% occur inside the reta- retail stores, well, about 20% of the incidents happen at the store entrance as crowds first pour through the doors and 11% take place outside a, outside a store, either in the parking lots where customers fight over parking spaces or on the roads after a long day of shopping. Among in-store incidents, Walmart is in a league of its own, as cited by multiple sources, a whopping 70% of all reported Black Friday-related incidents and three out of 11 deaths occurred at the nation's largest retailer. Only five other stores, Kohl's, JCPenney, Toys R Us, and I don't even know if Toys R Us is in business anymore. Not really. Target and Sears had more than one reported death or injury. And, of course, the stereotypical Black Friday sale gone wrong often includes a stampede induced by thousands of overeager customers waiting at the entrance of a store. According to the website Consumer Decisions, approximately 30% of Black Friday violence is a result of stampedes. 27% involves shooting shootings and 17% are car related. Some stampedes were a result of an in-store promotion gone wrong. For instance, in 2006, a shopping mall in Southern California decided to drop 500 gift certificates from the ceiling into a crowd of 2,000 consumers. 10 people, including an elderly woman, were injured in the suing trampling. Wow. Yeah, and I think one of the most notorious trampling incidents occurred in 2008. A crowd of approximately 2,000 shoppers in Valley, Valley Stream, New York, waited outside for the 5 a.m. opening of the local Walmart, Walmart. As opening time approached, the crowd grew anxious, and when the doors were opened, the crowd pushed forward, breaking the door, and 34-year-old employee, uh, and I apologize if I'm not pronouncing the name right, Jadimite Damore was trampled to death. The shoppers did not appear concerned with the victim's fate, expressing refusal to halt their stampede when other employees attempted to intervene and help the injured rep- employee. So I remember that one because it was like 2,000 people, right? It's yeah. terrible. That's yeah. honestly a sale. Sale prices are not worth killing someone, people. <laughs> and plus, I don't get it. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, I, I kind of interrupted you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. But you also, you guys got to also remember that a lot of these items that they put on sale, and I'm doing the, the doctor Air quotes. evil quotes, <laughs> you can get a better price the week of Christmas or the yeah, two weeks before right. Christmas. Like this is just a bunch of bullshit and they'll only have like five or 10 of these televisions or whatever stupid toy that right. your offspring yeah. wants. Yeah. But then after that, they'll get more in. Yeah. I, so, I, yeah. I've only participated in black Friday shopping once 
And I'm not going to tell my mom, like, no, that sucks. I'm not going with you. So I went with my mom <laughs> to, of course, Walmart, and I did not want to be not in a place so much in my life. Oh, I don't, yeah. Just people are rude, and that's that's part of my sourness for this I holiday. hear you, all the consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love Black Friday shopping, and one of the times I did go Black Friday shopping was, like, the night of Thanksgiving, which, like, now I'm now that I'm older, I'm like, Oh, like the fact that like stores are open on Thanksgiving is just not okay. You know, no. people should be with their families. So, but like when I did go, yeah, it was late. There was lines. It was nuts. My my friend at the time, she was insistent on like we should drink before we go. <laughs> she threw up her Thanksgiving meal in the parking lot. <laughs> So, She's ready. Dude, yeah. <laughs> She's ready. Yeah. Like, you could wake the dead before you wake me up to go <laughs> 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 4 a.m. Black Friday shopping. Yeah. I don't care. I'll just be on Amazon like this, this, and this. I will wait till thanks. Cyber Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see what the big appeal is, but um, just some other notable incidents. Um, so, in an incident from 2012 that began inside of Victoria's Secret at the Westfield <laughs> Galleria, <laughs> uh, Roseville, California. Uh, shoppers went wild, eventually attacking each other in front of the innocently named Air Joy Bungee Ride. Uh. One employee recalls boxed gift sets being thrown in the air, hitting shoppers in the head, people being trampled, and a 15-year-old girl getting punched in the stomach. Dude. Not cool, brah. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, the, one of the places I went to on Black Friday was Victoria's Secret, but, like, it's not worth it. Like, it's really, really not worth, like, fighting for or getting trampled or any of that. Like, yeah. Just fucking. Yeah. It's really not even that much of a sale when you think about no. it, I think. The deals happen know. all month long. Yeah, yeah. just got to be patient. Calm be your patient. tits, Victoria's Secret <laughs> shoppers. <laughs> because all they're doing is overhyping a sale that is like i said it's just gonna be around yeah yeah and they're not even gonna have enough for you to wait and absolutely not hope your dunks is still warm by the time the doors even open i know <laughs> you gotta put some brandy in that yeah so uh, three more little snippets so during yeah. a, a late fight late night fight between two couples inside the franklin franklin mills mall in philly in 2013 a woman apparently got desperate and pulled out a stun gun in the footage of the incident on YouTube, there appears to be a small child in a stroller in the middle of the scuffle, which includes lots of hair pulling. You can hear the weapon crackling as well as see blue light coming from the sparks. Security oh. quickly broke up the incident and escorted both parties out. And then at a Houston area Walmart in 2014, four people ended up piling on top of a box to lay their claim to a $200.18 50-inch flat screen TV. Cops were eventually had to pull all of them off um, the deeply discounted appliance and off of each other. <laughs> and, ap and apparently there were no arrests. And then lastly, so in 2015, Kentucky uh, made the news for two separate Thanksgiving Black Friday shopping incidents, including a brawl at a mall in Florence over a pair of Air Jordan sneakers and a food court fracas in Louisville where two fist fighting fools knocked down a woman. And oh so, um, I was looking up Air Jordan, and apparently that's like a thing, or, or was a thing. Apparently, there's always a lot of um, fracas whenever these, when the Air Jordans, whenever. Yeah, I was sneaker, like, yeah. sneaker Oh, Jordans? Heads. Yeah. Oh, anytime there's any Jordans, like, being released. Like, I think one time when Casey and I were in New York City, there was, like, some sort of Jordans or even, like, a hat being released. There was a line out the door down the block. Yeah, sneaker heads. I mean, for me. Other heads. I love Adidas and Vans, and... <laughs> 
I'm very picky with my sneaker yeah. selection. I don't just go get anything because Michael Jordan's on there doing the jump man or anything. But right. if that's your jam, then go for it. But I just I just don't see the appeal. Like I, I was very close. Very close to like dropping some money on the Post Malone Crocs, but absolutely not. Like they're no, not worth it. I have like two <laughs> pairs of shoes. <laughs> I do have Run DMC Adidas. So oh, those are great. I really wanted the Beastie Boys Adidas, but those sold out so quickly. Oh yeah, yeah. they just looked so good. Nice. So as so as promised, uh, um, and thank you, Chris, for um, posting on the list of the Thanksgiving horror movies. Um, from on our uh, Spotify page, and so there was a yeah, few. Yeah, it's in the liner notes for the episode. Yeah, so there were there were a few that um, Thanksgiving leftovers. I just wanted to go down um, yeah. real quick. Um, so this is by uh, Hetty Phillips, PopSugar.com. Thanksgiving horror movies that are scarier than a burnt turkey. So uh, 2019 escape room during her school Thanksgiving break, Zoe discovers an intricately intricately designed puzzle cube, easily solving it. Zoe then enters an escape room, but this isn't like the escape room you play with a group of friends. This game, which Zoe plays with a bunch of strangers, quickly turns deadly. As each player gets picked off, those remaining realize it isn't about luck, but about skill. It turns out there's a game master behind it all, and Zoe is set on taking him out. But what happens if the game master isn't isn't exactly actually the source of all this evil? That's a 2019 film, and and, uh, like Christopher said, um, it's in the in the notes and um he also has info when you where you can watch these movies so thank you buddy yeah unless anything's bracketed after it it's free or free streaming but if it says purchase or perch for purchase or if you need a subscription i notated that so yeah and then there's a couple more just blood rage from 1987 so twins todd and terry are at a drive-in movie when they find their mom locked in a passionate makeout session with the man they don't know Terry explodes and kills a teen in a nearby car out of rage, but then pins the whole thing on Todd. Todd's locked up in an asylum while Terry goes about his adolescent life. Ten years later, on Thanksgiving Day, Todd escapes the asylum and Terry starts to break down again, going after his mom's current partner. All hell breaks loose when the two of them are on their own murderous rampage. Number three, a ghost note from 2017. Thanksgiving gets turned on its head when a killer spirit of a blues musician is unleashed. While on the loose, he terrorizes everyone he encounters, most notably some young sweethearts who are totally unsuspecting victims. Ghost Note, which is a musical note with no sound, common in blues, is a ghost story at its core with enough of an indie vibe to be just the side of creepy. Uh, Number four, Boogeyman. When he was a child, Tim saw the Boogeyman take his dad making him deathly afraid of closets where the boogeyman lives and the creepy figure himself. When he grows up, Tim goes on a Thanksgiving trip with his girlfriend and has a vision that his mom wants him to come home. However, it turns out his mom is dead. At the advice of a psychiatrist, Tim returns to his childhood home to confront his fears only to be met by the boogeyman. He can't seem to do anything to escape the boogeyman who keeps coming after him and everyone else. Uh, number five, Alien Abduction, Incident in Lake County, 1998. This found footage TV movie, which is very appropriate for our podcast, <laughs> shot documentary style, tells the story of what happened when one family was visited by aliens during their Thanksgiving dinner. Their family in question stumbles upon a UFO in the woods 
near their house and are confronted by extraterrestrial beings. Though they try to flee, they, of course, are chased, and the nauseatingly haunting footage is spliced with modern commentary by alien experts as the story goes on. Viewers follow the family through the alien attack with the camera in tow. It comes to a head with a showdown between humans and aliens, and not everyone's going to make it out alive. And last but not least, Thanksgiving 3, 2012. Ooh. And so uh, thank you, Daniel Kachana, for giving us the intel on Thanksgiving 3. As you finish Thanksgiving, the original, head on, head on over to Thanksgiving 3. No, there isn't a Thanksgiving 2. <laughs> the evil turkey named Turkey is back in action and carving up everyone in his path to find the last existing copy of Thanksgiving 2. If it sounds absurd, that's because it is. This movie is primarily run by puppets who actually make it even scarier than if it were humans. Turkey takes out a bunch of unsuspecting people puppet, unsuspecting people puppets while wielding his chainsaw as a weapon, spewing blood just about everywhere. So he's got a chainsaw on this one. Nice. <laughs> as it does on the, um, the uh, movie poster for it, too. So I hope you enjoyed those Thanksgiving leftovers. Um, and so as part of a December... Um, we're going to be doing the 13 Slays of Christmas, and Ooh. we're going to be just counting down. We're going to do a couple um, movies, every podcast, where we just kind of give a brief overview of the movie, and this is based on multiple sources. So we're just going to do two to start. So th- number 13, Jack Frost, 1997. Not to be confused with Jack Frost with Michael Keaton. Which I love. Which some of you pranksters <laughs> back in the day of video store rentals mixed up the tapes Absolutely. Yeah, and I love Michael Keaton, but no (laughs) dishonor in Michael Keaton, please. And what makes it even trickier is that they're like one year apart. So, like the (laughs) 1998 film is Michael Keaton, and then um, this one is like 1997. (laughs) 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 And so, with Jack Frost's ridiculously awkward pacing and barely coherent plot, it's a great visual to enjoy while you wrap presents or bake cookies. Jack Frost takes the same idea as a ginger dead man and taking the dumbest concept. You can think of it just going to town with it. Your brain might melt faster than Frosty on a spring day, but depending on your sensibilities, you may get a chuckle out of it. So it's on Shudder. Um, so that, that's, you know, number 13. Number 12, and I've, I've seen this movie, and I actually liked it. It's called ATM from 2012. Three yuppie co-workers find themselves trapped inside an ATM vestibule after a late-night office Christmas party when an unknown assailant wearing a hooded parker begins stalking them. Other people happen by the ATM, whom the psycho promptly dispatches, delivering on some horror thrills and includes many frustrating scenes where the characters make poor decisions that you'll have you screaming at your TV saying, like, just park the car closer to the ATM. That's just one of the many easily avoidable choices in the film, and eventually it all just becomes more than you can handle, and before you know it, you're, like, yelling at the TV just continuously. But I... I did like that movie. I saw it a long time ago. Oh. And um, so we're going to count down throughout the podcast over the next course of uh, the holiday season until we make it to number one. Um, I also have in the pipe for um, the upcoming weeks a segment on uh, deadly and dangerous like children's toys Ooh. and some like creepy horror holiday ornaments. So we definitely have some fun segments. Um, so That's stay tuned. Yeah. Excellent. We're going to make... The Christmas season fun for you, Christopher. I guarantee it. Yay. 
wait. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Cannot wait. So thank you for letting me get all that info out in the open. Yeah, yeah. no problem. All Love the news. Info. Yes. Now we will get right on to Meg's undertaking question of the week. It's Meg the Mortician here, here with the undertaking question of the week. So, tonight we are going over and reviewing Grave Encounters from 2011. So, on topic or on brand with tonight's episode, my undertaking question of the week is, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Did you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do as well. Do you have any, like, stories, like, any encounters of your own? So, me, me personally, so, a couple of, like, so, like, not to bring, not to be a bummer, but a couple of people that I've lost Mm -hmm. in my life, um, so, like, I lost my friend Zach to, um, suicide in, like, 2014, um, I found out, thank you, um, I found out, you know, and I kind of. At first, I was like, you know, you know how you think um, you're not, you don't think it's real at the time, Mm -hmm. but I, so in my, um, so I had like a dream Mm -hmm. and I like, like he came to me in a dream and I'm sure there's some people who are like probably breaking it down like, oh, your subconscious like made a vision of him because you were thinking about him because Mm. blah, blah, blah. But he had come to me in a dream like the night before I went to his wake. Mm. So, and then when I lost my Grammy, mm. um, she passed like the, like a few days before Christmas. Um, so that she, again, I had a dream where mm. she had come to me in a dream. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to New Orleans mm. and I stayed at a hotel, that did not advertise that they were haunted, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they were haunted. <laughs> so we went down to New Orleans. We stayed at the, I want to say it was like the old 99 mm-hmm. something. Um, it's on a, it's like on a street that's hard to pronounce. It starts with a T and it has like a billion letters. Is it French? Yes. <laughs> more than likely. Yeah, more than likely. So anyways, we had like left for the day and on like the back of the toilet they had like toilet paper in like this little black Ooh. bag right so we had left the bag on the back of the toilet paper on the back of the toilet because like that's you know yeah. um so when we had come back to the room that little black bag was like tossed into the shower uh. And, like, we had put the do not disturb, you know, because we were going to be there all week. So we were like, the maids don't need to come in every day. And we put, so no one had, as far as we knew, no one had been in that room. And someone, something or someone, Mm. that little black bag with the extra toilet paper had flung into the shower. And I, I had also seen... Like one night, I think I was getting back into bed, and I swear to God, I saw like a shadow figure, <laughs> and I it was like mimicking my movements. Ooh. So I I'm definitely a believer. Yeah. You know, I'm a little I'm a little scared, so I don't really like go out and seek ghosts, but I'm <laughs> definitely a believer. So you definitely um. So my best friend, um, childhood friend, growing up, committed suicide, mm. and 
I've had a lot of dreams where he's come to me and yeah. it, it's just so real and, and it's it's right? definitely more I think more than a dream you yeah know? And, and I, I could totally relate to you on that yeah it was like he was giving me a hug and saying goodbye you mm, know mm. like it was the night before his wake it was so weird yeah no that's very powerful um growing up in like I swear to God, my whole neighborhood is haunted growing up in Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my, my parents, the house that I grew up in is like at least 100 years old. And I remember my my mom's, you know, she she had a dream one night where she was startled awake. And there's this black ominous figure at the end of the bed. And yep. she was um, being levitated and she had no control over her body. And, and then, you know, she fell back asleep. And then she, it was like a Tuesday or something. And she... Uh, didn't th- didn't mention it to anybody, and then like a few days later, she had mentioned it to my dad, and he's like, "What day did week did you have that?" And she said Tuesday, and my dad was like, "I had the same dream on the same night." Wow! Yeah, that always. So there's been a couple things in the house where I remember one night my dad said, again he had, I apparently slept through the whole friggin' thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, everybody else in the family was startled and. He woke and he said there was a shadow at the end of the bed and, and, and you know, it wasn't like an all the time thing, but it was one of those things, you know, sp- yeah. sporadic, but when they happened, they were really creepy. And I remember my, uh, my neighbor across the street, Mrs. Cadenzi, she was like a former military woman, very stern, very like just conservative. And her two grandkids who I was friends with lived with her and, and Matt had a younger daughter named Natalie and I mean, sister named Natalie. And he was always like, yeah, she's always waking up at the, at night saying there's a witch in the room there's a witch in the room and and then i was like you know they all everybody teased her and so like i remember like 10 years later like my mom was like you know she's just like saying talking to the neighbors yeah mrs cadenzi said the house is haunted and like that was the first thing that came into my mind yeah. was like i put one and one together but like me personally so tony and i when we lived in nashville we had an apartment that used to be um like a a mortuary or some like place okay. where the like, dead people would be put like in transition yeah. from being the like, funeral home and so we had like this mirror that was like leaned up against the wall it's like a, a length mirror and i had also like a food list that i it was like a grocery list or something and i was like i don't need that and for whatever reason i i i folded it up into like a square yeah i put it in the trash and then the next morning i was like oh shit i need that list and i pulled it out and all the edges were cut in a diamond shape. Oh, God. And, and, <laughs> and, and then the mirror was actually in the doorway, blocking the doorway. And so I was like, how did that get there? And so I called Tony. I said, by the way, this is a really quick, really weird question. Did you take a piece of paper out of the trash, cut it into a diamond shape, and then fold it back in and put it in the trash? And he's like, what are you on? And uh, I just can't explain it, you yeah. know? And, and, and then where we live now, so we have... The, the bedroom upstairs, I mean, the bathroom upstairs, like there's a window and it, it, it lights the stairwell. So whenever my dog or my cat like are at the top of the stairs getting ready to come down, you can see their their shadow. Yep. And so one, one, one morning I'm like tying my shoe on the couch, getting ready for work. And I see a shadow at the top of the stairs, like a small shadow. And I'm like, oh, that must be Marvin the cat or Lucky the dog. And, and then I look over and they're like both like sitting on the first floor with me and then the shadow just floated down the stairs and faded away when it got down to the end of the stairs and i'm like 
okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. So also, I forgot to mention when we were the hotel room. So I, I, I swear to God, it was almost like clockwork at like 7 a.m. The light turned on in our mm. room. So it wasn't like a switch. It was like the electrical like button that had like a timer mm. and this, that, and the other thing. So you hit on or off. Yeah. So like I swear to God, at 7 a.m. it would come on like waking us up or whatever. Yeah. Or honestly, sometimes it might have been a little bit random. We we asked other hotel guests too. Like we were in the elevator and we were like, so is your room haunted or is it just us? And this grown ass man, he said, I'm glad you said something. Oh, yeah. So he, yeah. So other people were experiencing things and we asked like the front desk people. We yeah. were like, hey, like what used to be here? Like, or have you experienced anything? The daytime lady, she was like, no nothing and then like the nighttime lady was she's like well now that you've mentioned Mm. you know she's like some i don't like to talk about it too much (laughs) but so you know something it was used to be a tannery Uh. and or a fat and a factory at one point right so and now it's and now it's a hotel and all that and yeah i'll have to look it up and i think it was the old number 77 that was the name of the hotel yeah in new orleans very creepy i definitely research but it could be if that used to be a tannery or some sort of factory yeah like especially even in lowell massachusetts where the mills are yeah like people were were working in not safe conditions so it could be somebody that that died on the job or something yeah or i swear to god we heard like little footsteps like above and like we took the time to go up a floor just to see and like they were cleaning out the rooms and stuff so we were like i don't know (laughs) it's funny um one thing i did forget to mention after that stairway incident i went upstairs into the bathroom and i was like all right maybe a bird flew by the window so i was like doing like shadow puppets in the window (laughs) trying to like recreate it and i could not and so it's just like sometimes there are things that happen in your life that you just can't explain and you just kind of like chalk it up to this other things out there. The supernatural, and right? Yeah. What yeah. about you, Chris? I have two stories. One's very quick. One has a, l- it's not long, but, um, so my great grandmother passed away mm-hmm. and I was, I was a much, much younger. I was probably like maybe 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And the way our kitchen was, um, it was basically if you, from your, if you're looking at the wall from left to right, our refrigerator, mm-hmm. the door to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and then a like a hutch or a cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not a cabinet, but like a hutch with a shelf, and yeah. there were some glasses on it. Mm. I was actually leaning on that hutch while my mom was talking to one of her friends or whoever was over at the time, and my great-grandmother just passed away. Oh. Not only did the lights flicker, one of the glasses went from that shelf into the fridge and smashed Wow. Right Holy behind moly. me. Almost like a poltergeist type of thing. Almost. And then yeah. nothing else happened after that. Weird. I'm Weird. not sure why, if it was her or why she would smash the glass. Yeah. Um, but the big story I have is, so the kitchen we used to have, uh, my so quick backstory, the house I grew up in burnt down and then we rebuilt over oh. it. So before the, the house fire, when I was a sophomore in high school, the back of the kitchen... Um, had like a long window so i could see through the backyard and then my best friend's house oh okay at the time. yeah and i remember i was just cooking lunch one day and i see my friend dave just running like a bat out of hell uh-huh. yeah just running i'm like oh hey it's dave and then he runs and he's like just out of breath he's like i saw a ghost i'm like 
what are you talking about? You saw a ghost. He's like, I, I saw a ghost. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go check. He's like, so we went to his house and we went into his basement and he explained that the bulkhead never locked. Yeah. Ah. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. So we turned on all the lights. We walked down the stairs, took a left, took a left, walked all the way down the other side of the staircase, all the way down to the other end of the house. And there's a wooden door mm-hmm. that you need a latch to pull up and then pull forward mm-hmm. or pull towards you to open it. And then there's the bulkhead. And if mm. you don't have a bulkhead, there's um, a metal rod that's kind of S-shaped. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. have to pull it up, up. slide it, yeah. and then let it go. And that's how it locks your bulkhead. Yeah. So I did, did that. I pulled it up. I slid it to the side, let it go. Bulkhead's locked. I went, out, went down the four or five steps from the bulkhead wooden door shut it i let made sure the latch was inside the holster yeah i was like cool so we walked about the 12 feet or so from there took a right took a right on the staircase started walking up the stairs i was like yeah let's see them open that up as soon as we turned off the light i heard scraping metal sounds (gasps) i was like no fucking way oh my god so we turned on the light immediately we ran down the stairs went back to the wooden door lifted up the latch Pulled it forward, bulkhead was completely unlocked. Wow. wow. It's like they so, don't want you to lock it. I oh know. My God. And then after that, I ended up living at that house because of said <laughs> house fire. Yeah. So one night they went out for a family dinner. I stayed at home and I was just playing bass guitar down in the yeah. basement. It was unplugged. I can hear walk people walking around upstairs. Oh, oh my God. And Dave has said they they have seen orbs in that house. Oh yeah. Just yeah. walking around. And one night I was sleeping and I felt somebody sitting on me. Ooh. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. And then there was also another, her, at the time it was his grandmother's house, but they just moved in to live there. So she had a lot of her carousels on these shelves. And Dave was told, has told me that on occasion those will just start playing out of nowhere. Was, wow. was there like a history for that house? I don't know. No? Okay. No, but we that's don't know. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So that's the only real ghost stories I have. Dang. That's really cool. That's and then so like, cool. you know, it, it's, yeah. I mean, that's that that's second one, man. I mean, that that is crazy. That's crazy. That was, yeah, I, I would, would say I so. got a little bit of goosebumps, oh, a little yeah. bit of chills when all you said all I heard was metal <laughs> scraping. I was like, oh, God, oh, no. <laughs> Wow, that's that's crazy. That's a good story. Yeah, sweet. Great question, so we're Mike. all believers. I love yeah. that for us right. right here on this podcast. And if you have any ghost stories, feel free to share with us on our Facebook posts or oh, on Instagram do. posts or email us, and we maybe we'll read it on the uh, on the next episode for you guys. Yeah. Great question. That's yeah. a great sharing, like sharing yeah. experiences, story. Definitely. And... Yeah, I love that oh, question. Man. And before we start talking about a movie that involves ghosts, we're going to get into our record of the week. You like Huey Lewis on the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. So our record of the week is actually another of the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, seven-inch collection from... Ship to Shore Phono Company. Nice. Um, but this one's with Chris Jericho, known as a world wrestler from the yeah. uh, oh, yeah. WWE slash WWF, however nice. you remember it. And <laughs> um, he's also in the band Fozzy, okay. which is a metal band. And 
he does a song called Blood Sucking Freak for the episode <laughs> of Blood Sucking Freaks on the last drive in, so you can hear it there. Um awesome. they're just they're just two different style. I'm sorry, two different um cuts of it. Obviously there's the original cut, which you definitely hear in the episode, and then on side B they have the acoustic version, which if you're not a sucker for acoustic, why are you listening to music in the first place? Exactly. Acoustic's usually really good. Yeah, so, acoustic. As far as I know, it's sold out right now, but if you can find a copy, definitely snag it up. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And uh, although this is, like I said, it's one song, um, I just wanted to promote it for tonight's episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you like it, it's got to be good. Hey, you you can take my word for it if you want. It's not reading Rainbow. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to go over every book I I, I recommend to you. But well, you um, are a professional musician, so I, I I think it's just a it's just very cool that they come out with all these seven inch records. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much everything the last drive in has released as far as a rec vinyl sold out. Yeah, nice. sold out. Like Good obviously fam. no surprise, but I'm just mad because I've never gotten an email for anything else that they put oh. out, and I realized Aww. there are like three or four other records after. I'm like. Ugh. Hopefully they repress it, but who knows? Who knows? Reading yeah. Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I can go anywhere. <laughs> so from here, let's get into the main course. The reason why yeah. you guys are listening is yeah. our review tonight of Grave Encounters from 2011. This was suggested by a monster of ours, Ryan Liberty. He told me at his Halloween party, he was like, you guys should review Grave Encounters. So, Ryan, I hope you're listening Thank to this Thank you, one. Ryan. This one's for you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, the movie is Grave Encounters from 2011. It is uh, free on Vudu. So even if you don't have any movies on Vudu or Tubi, T-U-B-I, I believe it's on that as well, um, pretty much now you can Google search a movie and you can see all the different places where mm. you can watch yep. it. But this one is uh, free on Voodoo right now. Yeah, it was on free on Shutter as well. Is it on Shutter? Yeah, it was on Shutter and Jesus, the sequel. I, I didn't even know that. I, yeah, I think I, I watched it on Shutter. Yeah, yeah, I oh. d- yeah, I I, I try to double one. check because sometimes <laughs> when it's on a streaming service, it's not always. Yeah. So like usually I use IMDb. Yeah. To, this is funny to, to me because I like, give you guys my Shutter password li- and information. <laughs> literally, it's Chris's Shutter we all use. Yeah. And, yeah. Shutter was- sponsor us. Shutter sponsor. <laughs> we'll yeah. watch more movies. Um. So the movie is unrated. Um. Um. A time of one hour and thirty two minutes. Uh. It was directed by the Vicious Brothers, which is the collaboration of Colin Minihan and Stuart Ortiz. Is also written by them as well. Uh, they've also done movies such as Grave Encounters 2 and Extraterrestrial. We'll get into the cast. Uh, the first guy you're going to see is the producer of this show called Grave Encounters, which title of the movie. Yep. Um, his name is Jerry Hartfield. We'll get more into him later. Uh, he's played by Bill Wilkinson. Ben Wilkinson, my bad. So Ben Wilkinson has also been in Deadpool and in Grave Encounters 2. Hmm. Lance Preston, who's the host <laughs> of the show in this movie. He's played by Sean Rogerson. He was in Underworld Evolution, Arrow the Television Series, and Stargate Atlantis. Uh, Sasha Parker, she plays Ashley Grisco. Uh, she's in Call Me, The Rise and Fall of Heidi Fleiss, and in the movie Reaper. Hmm. T.C. Gibson, played by Merwin Mondeser. Um, he's in Godsend and The Recruit. Matt White, he's played by Juan Reidinger. He's in the show Narcos, the show Riverdale, and he's in the movie Jennifer's Body. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I don't oh, know why that was like one of the top things for him yeah. on his resume, but I'm like, Jennifer bo- Jennifer's body is a pretty big deal. Yeah, it yeah, is. That's a, that's a pretty it's a very well-known film. Yeah. Might have to review that one. <laughs> I know. Morgan Turner, who's played by Sean McDonald, he's in Scooby-Doo, The Mystery <laughs> Begins, and A Christmas Story 2. Oh, <laughs> Some nice. direct-to-video releases. Um, Dr. Arthur Friedkin is played by Arthur Korber. He's in Wrongfully Accused and, of course, Grave Encounters 2. Kenny Sandoval, played by Bob Raffi. He's in the Jigsaw TV series and R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour. Gary Crawford, who's played by Fred Keating. He's in Salvation and Van Helsing. Javier Ortega is played by Louis Javier. He's in Okja and 2012. And Houston Gray, played by Mackenzie Gray. He's in Legion man of steel and fargo the television series oh nice okay. yeah uh the music's by quinn alana paxa who's credited in this film as quinn craddock she also did music for district nine which is a very cool movie if you haven't seen it uh contraband mm. and of course they brought her back for grave encounters too nice mm. my synopsis for this found footage for a new ghost hunting show is found um, that's a terribly written sentence. So they, <laughs> <laughs> footage for a new ghost hunting show is found. However, the cast and crew were not. The producer of the show shows the footage of what happened and where they might be. Ah. Yeah. Which I can't tell you any more than that because that would be spoilers. Right. Right. You don't do that. Yeah, after I the think trailer. that's a good synopsis. Somebody yeah. call the grammar police. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some fun facts about this movie. The director set out to differentiate Grave Encounters from other iconic found footage films such as The Blair Witch Project by being less subtle with the demons. He wanted the demons to visibly run at you rather than just move objects and slam doors. Hmm. So he wanted a little more to the movie than just finding weird things and trying to scare people. Which, for me personally, did not care for Blair Witch Project. I cannot stand found footage films <laughs> i kind of like it <laughs> but i didn't dislike this movie so nice. so yeah so for this one i was actually it caught my attention a little more um huh. but it's just it's just not my jam yeah. yeah i hear you i won't tell someone not to watch it but paranormal right. activity i'll give you a whole episode of what i don't like about that <laughs> <laughs> um the setting for the film's um fictional collingwood psychiatric hospital in maryland is actually riverview hospital an abandoned mental institution and I can't. I don't even know if I can pronounce this. Cockwhittlem, um, British Columbia, built at the turn of the 20th century and closed down in 2012. It has also hosted such films as Watchmen and TV shows like The X Files. Hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, the entire movie was filmed over 10 nights in two days. And similar to Cloverfield, the film's only soundtrack is played at the end credits. I mm. did not like Cloverfield. I did I for- not either. I tried to forget about that one. I watched that movie trashed and still hated it. I went. I was in theaters <laughs> and I was like, I paid for this. <laughs> I said that during The Happening, too. Uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, the character of Dr. Arthur Friedkin in this film shares a surname with director William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcist in 1970. Are you freaking kidding me? Not <laughs> kidding you. Any thoughts about the movie that you would like to talk about before we uh, play the trailer and go into spoiler time? I think if you're a skeptic, you might not enjoy it as much as someone who is like a believer or someone with a more open mind, I guess. I think I would say that. And to Chris's point, this is definitely like a particular um, like 
kind of subgenre. So if you're not like in into like fan uh, lost footage movies, I mean, you know, you got to take that in consideration. Oh, for sure. Any movies like that, of course, but um, I'm never going to tell someone not to watch a movie right. unless there's very impending circumstances of the movie itself. Right. Um, even Thanks Killing, even though, like I said last episode, that I gave it such a low rating, I also stated it's not for me, but it's going to be awesome to watch with a group of friends because it'll be funnier because of you were in that environment. Grave Encounters, um, when it started being a found footage film, all I could think of is like, oh, I hope it's not like Paranormal. But it actually, I don't know. It felt like watching um, like Ghost Adventures. That's, which, that's how I felt, which, yeah. Which, you know what I mean? Which was my first thought. And the other thing that makes me laugh is um, if you ever watched uh, the Nick Kroll show that used to be on Comedy <laughs> Central, they used to have ghost bouncers where it's a mm-hmm. bunch of like Jersey Shore type uh, people like are trying to look for ghosts and stuff. Yeah. You know, and just, uh, you know. But... but uh, movies enjoyable, so definitely something to check out. But awesome. we'll get more in detail on that. Uh, any other words about it before we get yeah. going? No, I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Excellent. So, guys, as always, as you know, we like to play you guys the trailer as like a segue before getting into spoiler territory. So, after we play the trailer, we're gonna really start talking about the movie. So, if you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch it like i said you can watch it uh for free on voodoo and tubi right now and it's on shutter if you have shutter buy shutter um, <laughs> get shutter um i love shutter because i don't have to pay for it yeah. <laughs> no I, do. I still love it anyway <laughs> uh, yeah so after we play the trailer we're gonna start talking about the movie so before we do that here is the trailer for grave encounters 2011 Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Grave Encounters. Psychiatric hospitals like this were seen as sort of a a dumping ground for embarrassing family members rather than a place that they could go to actually get help. Many of them were severely disturbed. It's truly frightening. I swear to God that I saw someone right at the end of the hall there. And he swears that, that, that something pushed him off the ladder. You guys see this window here? Lock it up real good at night. Come back in the morning. Sometimes this thing's wide open. Tonight, my crew and I, using the most sophisticated in ghost hunting equipment, we're in search of definitive proof of spirits that were unsettled in life and possibly unsettled in the afterlife. Is there someone here with us? What was that? What if this is something real? Did you get that? TC, you remember that? Yeah. I'm gonna document everything because when we get out of this place, people are gonna want to see this. Matt and Houston are gone. We just need to focus on finding a way out. There's something over there.
right, so that was the trailer for Grave Encounters from 2011. Now, Meg, you said this is your pick as a um, suggestion from Ryan Will Liberty. Yeah, thank you so much for the recommendation. Um, and reminder that yeah. spoilers are from here on out. So spoilers. So yes. here we go. All right. Um. So opening on to an executive producer talking about grave encounters. Um. So basically, this movie is about uh, a ghost show or you know that of the sort um like ghost adventures yeah it's very similar to ghost adventures Mm -hmm. or like if you have seen american horror story season six roanoke Mm -hmm. it's kind of same where it's like it's like a show about a show so like it's a movie about a ghost show or ghost you know encounter show a mockumentary if you will yeah exactly (laughs) and uh i know the first thing he says that i actually jotted down in notes was that he reminds the audience that this is the actual footage that we found from the episode that they were not recording. edited, not touched. Right. It's raw footage. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Um, they, so Lance is the main, you know, um, host of the show grave encounters. So he comes on screen first. Um, they do the like intro to the show. There's different shots. Um, you know, so, um, basically the, I think the producer mentions that, you know, it was going good and then they got to episode six, Mm. like that's kind of how he, you know, leaves it. And, um, basically this, uh, episode six takes place at, is it Collingwood? Am I pronouncing that right? Collingwood? Yes. um, Collingwood Psychiatric Psychiatric Hospital. Hospital. Yep. Um, so they talk about how 80,000 mentally ill people had been in that hospital, mm. like in and out. Um, it closed in 1963. Um, and like they're going to be investigating this location and they're going to do an eight hour lockdown inside with all their equipment. Um, so this is like the show is like starting. They bring in a local town historian named Morgan who talks about how it's built in 1893. They basically, a lot of psychiatric hospitals, which this is like true in real life, Mm -hmm. like normal hospitals have over, had an overcrowding Mm. problem. Mm. Uh, Locally here, we have Danvers Mental Institution, uh, which has been shut down for years. They actually did a, um, there's a movie that's loosely based off it called Session Number Nine, I believe. Yeah, Session Number Nine. And I think that's Keith or Sutherland, if I'm not mistaken. I love Keith or Sutherland. I did research on Danvers Mental Institution. It's near Salem, Mass. And um, they, as Meg was speaking, Meg Mortician was talking about, there was a lot of overcrowding. So even at one point, Danvers Mental Institution released a bunch of their patients just like yeah get out of here we have too much room we have too many people in here and they're just (gasps) and the thing that about um about mental illness especially back in those days like they They, were tested on they were experimented with they did not know enough (laughs) and a lot of families just did not have the patience to care for a mentally ill family member it was Mm -hmm. like mostly embarrassed yeah yeah. like the embarrassment they were just kind of sent there yeah Mm. it's kind of like that old adage of oh we keep that kid up in the the attic with a bucket of fish heads like like (laughs) unfortunately that's that's what happened like those those people 
that had either a physical or mental disability were mm-hmm. kept in the house. They weren't talked about. It's yeah. just, you know, rumor around the, around the hill, around the neighborhood. And yeah. unfortunately for a lot of those people that were just released from the hospital, they had nowhere to go. So they were just roaming the streets of your local town. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I have a very interesting perspective on this because I used to be a reporter for the Danvers Herald, which was a weekly paper. I grew up in Beverly, which is right next door. And at the time, the, the state hospital property was shuttered. And the Kirkbride building is an amazing, it's like a very gothic, it was at the time, a very. this is like 2001, it was like a very architecturally like precious building and and it had a a beautiful gothic look and they were trying to basically they had a huge development committee on how to restore the buildings and when i would cover the meetings as a reporter there was always a group of people that were former patients that were like stakeholders of they wanted to see that property get reopened revitalized with housing and job opportunities for people that were former patients and that was part of the scope of, of um, of of the commission. Yeah. And so is how do we incorporate this whole development so that it takes all those historical factors into consideration, including people that were former patients. So, um, I would just do my job, cover the meetings, and when I left that paper, I got a letter from the um, one of the main advocates, a former mental hospital patient, with with a picture thanking me and it was a picture of like seven former me- uh, mental hospital patients on like the knoll in front of the the Kirkbride building like with the peace sign Aww. and i was like oh i guess i made a difference but that's how important things like that are are to people who've experienced that yeah yeah so i was it was a very insightful for me i i for me i was just doing my job <laughs> to kind of wrap up on danvers real quick um, upon like all the crazy stories I've heard about that's mm. gone on in that mental institution, this movie reminded me a lot of those things. Mm. And so um, much of the estate now has been torn down, yeah. except for a couple of main buildings. But they have erected some apartment buildings in that area. Mm. Mm. Those apartments, from what I heard, are haunted as mm. well. Ah, I bet. can see why. Ground. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that all I got. The ground is tainted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that was just an interesting perspective just because I happen to be a reporter there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, like, super awesome. Yeah, so basically in, in this beginning of the movie, you know, the local town historian talks about um, how the conditions weren't great. They have some shots of archival footage as mm. it's labeled. Um, and then Lance asks him about Arthur Freakin. So he was the head physician and a neurologist and he did experimental brain surgery i think the historian mentions there was like 140 lobotomies which like are not great you know if you know what a lobotomy is i'm not going to go into depth but (laughs) basically it's an ice pick through your eye socket into your yeah or there's like a drilled hole on the side of your temple you know depending on which lobotomy you're getting you know if you watch so. the um, if you watch the show on Netflix, Ratchet, oh, yeah. they talk about that in great depth. I it love was, that. Oh, it was really yeah. It was really <laughs> informative because like I, you know, I had always heard about lobotomies, but like they went into it on Ratchet. Oh, yeah. Yep. Another great show. Um. So and then the historian mentions that 
on August 15th of 1948, six patients went and stabbed Dr. Freakin. Mm. They took him out. They were they were done, they were you done. know. Um, so then they get to uh, the front of the building at the main doors and it said someone spray painted death awaits on the doors. Mm. Um, and they have uh, Kenny, the groundskeeper, who <laughs> lets them in and um, talks a little bit about, you know, his experience as the groundskeeper, like what he has you know, scene. So they're walking down a hallway um, and they go into a room that is full of writing on the walls. And he said that a patient had written all of that. Mm. Um, a patient who had been there quite a long time. He wasn't sure if he had been there until his death, but he was there a very long time. And like every wall was pretty much filled with writing. Mm. So I, that one gave me a little bit of eerie, you know, cause that's, that's like, unfortunate and it's just kind of like not a great feeling that this no. patient is just like rambling on the wall because that's all he has you know mm -hmm. um they go into what looks to be like a bathroom or a hydrotherapy room and there's this one particular tub that's kind of like stained red um so they talk about uh there possibly was like a patient a young girl who committed suicide in that tub um and then they go down into the service tunnels mm. and um, they, you know, he talks about like how he's kind of felt presence in this like service tunnel and it's very eerie mm. and like, you know, just like you're kind of getting the vibe of like this place has a lot of history and it's not great history. Mm. Um, they also interview a man named Gary Crawford of Crawford Contracting. So in like I think it was like the nineties, um, they thought about re renovating the place and like rebuilding. Um, but and while his contracting firm was on site for like two weeks, um, you know, some of the guys were saying how there was like activity and hmm. this, that and the other thing and there was an accident, um, uh, where one of the guys was actually he said he was pushed off a ladder. Right. Right. Um, so that's when Lance uh, goes into explaining what residual haunting and intelligent haunting is. A residual haunting, I think, is like a repetitive haunting where yeah, the same thing. Yeah, so like echoes yeah. and, and, and voices. And then an intelligent Echoes and voices. More, and sounds. Yeah. And sounds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then an intelligent haunting was more like targeted. So like being pushed off the ladder mm. like that would be an intelligent haunting. Um, they also interview a couple. Um, I thought this was interesting. So they're interviewing this couple and the girl's face is blurred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering that, too. Like, maybe they didn't get approval to. But then again, if it was raw footage, why would it be blurred? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. So, well, I mean, I'm sure like. So think about it. after this raw footage is uncovered, they might have had to find mm. the people in this raw footage True. to get yeah. approval. So maybe, yeah. But and, yeah, I thought that she's was She's like, funny. you don't have my permission. Yeah, so her face was blurred during this whole interview, but they were talking about how, you know, teenage kids br breaking into mental hospitals and making out in a hallway. And But so anyways, <laughs> they saw a ghost, like a shaved head patient, they said, um, like over in that hallway. Um, so... 
you know, this when when you're watching this movie, like it still is kind of like you're watching ghost adventures. Like a, yeah, ghost yeah. adventures, but you're watching like the behind the scenes yeah, in a way. Yeah. So they go over and approach um, a gardener and you know, they're like, Hey, you know, have you seen anything? And like the gardener's like, I have to work. Like I have to get to work. Yeah, yeah. And they gave him like money and they were like, Say you say say you saw a ghost. Like Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So you know a little payola. Like, yeah. He's like, Oh yeah, I saw a ghost right over there. <laughs> so that that was kind of funny that yeah. they threw that in yeah, there. Yeah, that was. Um, and then Houston Gray, psychic medium, arrives. Psychic of the stars. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. So he, you know, they're in, I think they start off in the entry kind of area and he's like oh you know we have to be very careful there might be a demon or something yeah. we have to be very careful tonight um and then they're in the bathtub room and he he's like oh yes a girl was you know she she slit her wrist and she died in this bathtub <laughs> and then like they cut and then they start laughing he's like, like but oh, the, yeah how do they, they do told him, right yeah <laughs> yeah was right? that over the top no you agree yeah, yeah. So they gave him the little inside. Bunch of scam artists. Yeah. It's just like the home renovating shows. When I was on tour in L.A., um, one of the guys at the um, one of the venues that we played at, he was like, yeah, I got this couch from this show. And you know how, like, when, like, the main people in the show are, like, working on the house? He's like, yeah, they don't do that. They just, like, take one swing at a cabinet, <laughs> and then it goes right to this construction crew. Oh, God. I was like, oh, I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Very That's true. That's so funny. Um, so, and then the, um, so at first like, you don't really hear her name, but Sasha, she is one of the people on Grave Encounters and she's also uh, has a video camera. And um, so she's talking to, you know, Lance and Houston saying like, you know, what if this is like, this is it? Like, what if we actually see something? Mm. She seems to be a true believer mm. in my opinion. Um, and then Lance asked TC, another video camera guy, like, hey, why don't you uh, set up for a time lapse? So yeah. you do see a time lapse shot that goes into nighttime. Um, and then Matt, the tech guy, he is setting up the static cameras in the hot spot. So, like, while they were going through uh, the building with the groundskeeper, they put some tape down to, like, Mark out the hot mm -hmm. spot. So Matt's putting a static camera, which is like typical on ghost shows. He's putting a static camera at mm -hmm. these hot spots. It's all the um, cameras that you see that are like um, nighttime vision in certain spots. So if you watch like a ghost adventures or something like you'll just see like kind of like a um, security camera footage, but it's all like in nighttime. night vision. Night yep. vision. Yep. Yeah. Um, so then uh, they interview matt on the show and matt kind of goes through all the equipment that mm. is used for ghost hunting like all the EDP gizmos and yep. a geiger counter i don't know why they needed a geiger <laughs> counter but apparently it's related to ghost hunting and all that other kind of stuff yep. um yep and then they get a shot so kenny the groundskeeper is sealing them in for the night which like that like i understand like they oh like they're doing a lockdown but at the same time like that's a safety hazard don't lock like, people in when did they fake it like they faked everything else you right know I, mean? I don't know yeah just saying 
yeah. joke will be on them. So, and then, so after they're locked in, they start shooting other kind of shots of the show, like, you know, intro shots, all that kind of stuff. And then the investigation begins. Um, so they're in, like, you know, one of the hallways and they're reaching out to spirits, you know, just kind of talking at the air. Um, and uh, Lance starts using a still camera. So like a normal camera, just like taking still pictures to see if he's caught anything. They're in the, um, they go in the writing room. Um, Sasha, the girl, she's just alone. Um, and then there's other shots of, so Lance is in like the bathroom where like the tubs are alone. Matt is down. Um, at the lobby area where everything is kind of set. That's like their main, um, like their headquarters. Yeah. Their like, headquarters. They're kind of camp there. Yeah. That's like their camp kind of zone. There's, and then it kind of cuts to like shots of the service tunnels. Um, so, or, and then they're like down in the service tunnels and they're walking and you kind of do kind of see something and like, so do they, they're, you know, they're like, Oh, what was that? And then they find rats. So they're <laughs> and like, and they were so Ew. pissed. Dude, Lance I know. So pissed. The Gordon Mews rats. And I'm like, you're in a little I know. I was like, Tip- <laughs> typical dude, yeah. calm down, relax. Um, I know they were so like bitchy. A little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, so then they all kind of take a break at one point, you know, kind of regroup. Um, you kind of, they, uh, the, as the movie goes on, they, you kind of see shots of, like, where those um, static cameras are. Um, and one of the, I forgot to mention this, one of the locations that Kenny the groundskeeper had mentioned was, so there is, like, this hallway that has, like, these big windows, and they have these windows with latches. Mm. And, like, he says that he'll come in during the day, and the window will be unlatched. He'll latch it. He'll come back the next day, and it's unlatched. And he mm. doesn't know how to explain that. So that camera that is aimed at that window, you get a shot of that, and then the window unlatches. Right. Right. Um, and then from there, um, they're taking – oh, um, Lance tells TC, one of the camera guys, to go get, like – you know, some B-roll, as they call it, fill-in shots, you know, yep. for the show. Um, he is funny. I made note of that. TC is very funny. I like him a lot. He's like the angry guy in the whole group, but he makes, yeah. like, points like, yeah, I don't know. I won't get into it later, but. <laughs> I just thought right. he was a little bitch. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he was kind of funny, but I could see why you think that. I don't know. He's Rob. just complaining and cranky the whole movie. <laughs> um. So he does find, like, a wheelchair in a random hallway, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, how did we not, like, catch this? Lance is going to lose his shit. Um, and then he gets, like, a phone call. Um, so he puts his camera down real quick, and he takes the phone call. Um, and I think, like, something makes a noise or something because after he ends the phone call, he picks his camera back up, and he is, like, investigating and, and, and he, yeah, so he gets a call from I think it's like it's his, his like girl and friend then his with son his or something daughter or something yeah. And I did rewatch the scene and you do see the wheelchair move a little bit. That's okay, right? yeah. Very very subtle. Like faint, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so he goes into a room 
and he's like recording and so he like turns around and as he turns around this door just like slams on its own and he thinks it's them like messing with him so he's like hey that's not cool like what are you doing so but like he radios down to them and then they all like come up because they're like what what do you mean and then he's like i got it on camera and they're like oh like they're all like freaking out they're so excited yeah um so then they tried to contact whatever spirit in that room and then stuff starts kind of getting real i think at this point like yeah it starts to heat up a little bit yep starts to heat up starts stuff starts to happen um I think uh, there's a point where uh, the bed, I don't remember if it was like in the room. I think it was like in the room and the bed just kind of like gets flipped on its side all of a sudden. And then you hear like footsteps upstairs. So they're all like, you know, freaking out, but like also like, oh my God, we got to get this on film. And Mm. so they head up a floor to go investigate the footsteps. Um, They're in like an open hall and... Sasha uses the EVP mm. to try to communicate with the spirit or whatever's like up there. And it uh, manipulates her hair oh, a little yeah. bit and it's like really freaky. Um, you see, like, it lifts her hair and it's like, yeah. ooh, you know. And that was a good scene. She's just like, get me out of here. And mm. then, yeah. And then Lance and uh, Houston, you know, they're. Lance is like kind of like a hard ass. Like, no, no, we have to keep keep communicating and she's like get me out of here so um they uh lance and houston are up in the hallway with tc and they're you know again trying to reach out um it's not responding back to them so they kind of like lose hope on that little aspect um so and then you know sasha's like obviously freaked out like a ghost toucher she's ready to go um, so they're kind of planning like, all right, well, like we'll get pack up and like ready, be ready to leave. Um, um, but like, uh, TC Houston and Lance are kind of walking around in circles. They think they're headed in the right direction and then they keep ending up back where they were. So like, they're kind of getting lost, which mm-hmm. is, they, yeah. yeah, that's not a great feeling. <laughs> it's like, um, Freddy's dead the final nightmare where they're trying to go around the neighborhood <laughs> to try to get out of the area and it's just they keep ending up the same yep. like time like the same square that they've been passing in there, the city. Yeah. yeah isn't it like yeah. the nightmare on street part four where they're trying to save debbie and yeah she keeps running around the corner he's gonna go after debbie i try to stop her and then after like the yeah, third yeah, time, yeah 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 they're yeah. like haven't we done this before get in the truck <laughs> we need to leave and then they drive away and then yeah as yeah. soon as they uh, think they're about to get to their destination they're running out of the <laughs> diner again yeah it's one of those love that yeah so um, and I think they are trying to contact Matt over the radio. They're mm. trying to contact Matt over the radio. It's not going through. And mm. then there's like a shot of Matt and Sasha who are down in like the lobby. And then Lance Houston and TC finally like make it over there. And they're just like, what? Why weren't you answering? And he's like, what do you mean? Like you weren't calling. So apparently the walkies aren't working. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lance wants them to just like kind of pack up, like get ready. Um, and then he sends Matt to go get all those static cameras that are set up in different hotspots by himself, which like, <laughs> come on. It's rule number one. I'll Don't be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and he's like, 
turning them off like kind of like one at a time he gets to the one where it's by the window mm. right so he like closes the window and then it just uh he like tries to call lance because you know oh he notices the window's open that was a hot spot he tries to call lance and then it just some like sounds start occurring and then there's boom like it's like matt it's like goes dark i don't know what happens matt yeah he just kind of walks out of the camera shot into the hallway and you don't see him again and then they're they're doing shots of like the closing shot like lance and them Mm. he's like and this is lance preston with grave encounters (laughs) like they're working on the closing (laughs) shot this is lance preston with Grave encounters. Yeah. Do it again. <laughs> and uh, they try and they try to get a hold of Matt, but like he, they're not getting through. So they kind of decide to go look for him because like he's by himself, which like that's Lance's fault. Like why would you send him by himself? You dingbat. Anyway, <laughs> I know, right? So they all go look for him. I think Houston stays in the lobby area, but yeah, um, he's the only one left behind. Yeah, and they go out and try to find Matt. Yep, Lance. Lance does the let's split up and Sasha goes, what now? Like, are you kidding me? Like, obviously, number one, another <laughs> rule, like top rule, do not split up. Like, so, um, but TC ends up going like down or up a hallway uh, by himself. And then he kind of hears something from a staircase. Hmm. So he investigates a little bit. He goes up. And then all of a sudden, he is pushed down the stairs. Right. And you get POV sort of with the camera. Right. Yeah. I will say, like, the funniest quote was like, man, this hallway looks like when me and my girl have a fight in the apartment. Because there's, like, (laughs) all of Matt's stuff all over the floor. Like, his gaffer tape on his, like, carabiner, which should be a dead giveaway that something's wrong. Because that was clipped to his belt. Right. Yeah. Come on now. But so, he definitely takes a header down the stairs. Yep. Yep. And I, at that point, like, TC is like, all right, no more effing around. Like, I'm sick of this. Like, call Kenny, call the grounds, and, like, get us out. But Lance has no signal. And, like, TC is very adamant about leaving. So he's just like, all right, well, help me push this. He has, like, a hospital bed on wheels that he's, like, shoving into, like, the main door that's, like, locked up so he's like how many like get out like break down this door um so you know lance is hesitant but then he's kind of like all right fine fine um so they're ramming this hospital bed into the door that's locked that was the main entrance and as they break through it just goes into another hallway (laughs) and they're like wasn't this the door we came in which was like which i was like oh no like, I was like, immediately, this is not good. <laughs> um, so, and then the, when they turn around to look at the door that they had just broken down, it says, death awaits, which right. is what it said on the front right. door. So, it must be the front door, right? But they're in another, it opened into another hallway. Oh, it's so, I don't know, it's just freaky. Yeah, remind um, me of Silent Hill, the video game. Just yeah. the way some of the the scenes looked yeah um so yeah that's they try to find like an exit door and they see there's an exit sign but it just kind of leads to more hallways um they're you know looking 
out the barred up windows and they're seeing if like that is a possible exit because you know they opened the main entrance into another hallway um you know they're making note like okay well you know there's no sun you know so it's still like nighttime Mm. you know and then they have like a time on their phones and stuff so they think they know what time (laughs) it is but they're all kind of like getting a little panicked they're freaking out you know over by the windows yeah Yeah. um houston kind of chalks it up to like oh it's an uh, like an anomaly like an electric magnetic anomaly and you know we're in the twilight zone yeah tc (laughs) is like this isn't one of your stupid auditions and he's like freaking out like i don't want to hear it yeah yeah um Lance kind of does a little vlog shot where, like, so every time I mention Lance taking a vlog shot, it's always, like, taking a video a little bit close up and, like, kind of talking about the situation. So I think uh, at this point, like, time is not a thing. Because he's, like, it says, my phone says it's one twelve p.m. Right. Right. So they went in at, like, nighttime. I'm not 100% sure, but, like, Kenny was supposed to, opened up the doors at like 6 a.m. sharp and his phone is saying 1 12 p.m. but it's yeah. and it's still pitch black so yeah. very eerie and um, if you look at the um the time signatures on the lower right hand side in the static cameras yeah. they get weirder and weirder as the movie yeah. goes on yep that's true oh, too. i didn't notice that yeah so everyone kind of like takes a nap you know because they don't know what time it is and they've been up for a while so they're like all taking a nap um and then they had, like, they're all down in the lobby and what looks like kind of like a construction light that they had on, it just kind of falls over and then, like, breaks. Mm. Right? So that wakes everyone up. And they're also, like, freaking out, like, what the fuck? Like, who pushed over the light? Mm. Um, and then Lance deduces that they've slept for, like, seven hours. And then Lance says... TC went to go grab a sandwich. Let me show you guys. So, like, he opens up the cooler, and there's just, like, rotting food and, like, apples filled with maggots Maggots. in this cooler. So, it's like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Just, like... TC also blames Houston for the light knocking over. Oh, yeah. But, like, Houston clearly woke up with everyone else in shock. He's like, Houston, what are you doing? I just think TC doesn't like Houston. So... Lance uh, says, like, you know, maybe we should try to go out through the service tunnel. And TC is like, when I took that time lapse shot, I saw a ladder on the side of the building that was, like, probably a fire escape. What if we go to the roof and then climb down? Mm. So they try to head for the roof, you know, finding, like, the stairwells. Um, Some more stuff kind of happens, you know, like sounds and whatnot um they find a roof access sign and a stairwell and they go up to you know the top like they turn a corner in the stairwell and it just leads to a wall like a solid wall like no nope (laughs) nope just nope um then there's a shot of like sasha's holding a compass and it's just fucking spinning it's going cuckoo so that's good uh, they hear some screams. Oh, that was that was kind of freaky. Yeah, that scene, yeah. some of the screams. The they go into a room, um, like one, just like a normal hospital room, and like uh, the bed starts moving. Um, 
the footage kind of like cuts out, cuts in and out at this point because like obviously they're probably like freaking and running. Is that the scene where the the bed goes airborne and like? I that? it might have been that yeah, one. Yeah. I don't know if it was that intense yet, but yeah. Um. Le- you know, Lance is like, you know, very adamant about keeping keep recording because someone's going to want to see this and you know he's doing his little vlogs on the side um they're talking about like how the building keeps changing um you know so they're just hungering down um they fell asleep again like i don't blame them who knows how much time they've spent in this Mm. building (laughs) and they're also like getting scared to death their adrenaline must be hype and they're probably exhausted um so at one point they wake up and Sasha uh, has these huge scratches on her back. Um, says hello. Says hello. <sighs> All the way up her back. I didn't like that scene. No. I thought it was like just ridiculous. Anyway. Too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they keep trying to radio Matt too. Like they're still looking for him, but I don't know. Yeah, they just can't find him. They radio him, you know, they're still on the look. Um, They see that someone runs down the hall, um, so they follow that person. Um, So they find them in a room, and it turns out it's, like, a patient. So, Mm. like, it's someone in, like, a hospital gown. Like, they're facing the wall. Mm. And when it turns, when that patient turns around their mouth just like opens up and like screams and then they all like panic obviously and like book it the other direction they all like run for it and they all like hide in the closet or let me preface that lance sasha and tc hide Mm. in the closet houston was left behind in the complete darkness by himself houston Mm -hmm. we've got a problem (laughs) he will have a problem yeah so he is trying to like feel his way like down the hallway. I think he like even bumps into the wheelchair at one point. Mm-hmm. He's trying to like find people. Um, and all of a sudden at one point he's in the hallway and he gets picked up. I think around by his throat because yeah. he's like coughing and yeah. like struggling. It's like being it, it strangled. Looks, yeah, it looks like he's being picked up and strangled yep. at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then he is like thrown by the ghost like whatever because like the, the static cam catches it but you don't like <coughs> excuse me you don't see like what's holding him um so then there's another like shot of lance vlogging about like the situation they're in like a closet and sasha's freaking out you know um they all woke up with hospital bands on <laughs> and they have their names mm, on them yeah it's like super eerie um so in lieu of this like update they're still like all right we gotta keep going so they like leave the (laughs) supply closet and um they're you know at this point like kind of just trying to find a way out because it's like getting really weird um they're by a door at one point and it has like a little triangle window mm. and a freaking hand and arm breaks through it and grabs Sasha. I jumped. Yeah, I jumped too. That got me. I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, that was spooky. Um, So then they do 
eventually find Matt. They come upon him. Um, he's in a hospital gown, and they ask him, like, you know, where have you been? And he he says this where he says we we can all leave as soon as we get as soon as we're better. Like mm. you know, so okay, he's in full hospital gown. He also has a hospital band on, and he's saying shit like we can all leave as soon as we're better. Like. Red flags, red flags all around people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and they're so, like, and they're like questioning him, like, "What happened right. to you?" And yeah, they like bring him in a room, and um, they're like asking, like, you know, yeah, where have you been? What have you been doing? What, where did you, what, where did you get this like hospital gown, like all that? And he's just kind of ram. He is like lost it. I don't yeah. blame him, yeah. but he is gone, like his mind. Um, he's a patient there now. Yeah. So they all find, you know, another safe area to, like, kind of rest. And, and then all of a sudden they are woken up to these black arms coming out of the ceiling, which is super spooky. It reminds like, me of the beginning of Day of the Dead mm-hmm. where the, um, the forget her name, but she's, sleep, she's having a dream and she sees the calendar. And when she goes up to the calendar, all these hands burst through the wall Ugh. at the same time. Kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, they're all, like, reaching down at them, which is super spooky. Um, and then it, they ca- it causes them to, like, run over into the bathroom or, like, that hydrotherapy room where that girl may may or may mm-hmm. not have committed suicide. Um, the t- so the tub that supposedly was, like, the suicide tub is filled with water. Um, so... You it's know. like red water. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's like red water. So Matt's like standing over there, and then Lance and Sasha and TC are like, "What are you doing? Come on, come on!" And then I think Lance is like, "TC, like, go get him!" And then, sure enough, like whatever was in that fucking water reached up and grabbed TC, and Matt was fine. And then they tried to knock over the tub to like get him out or like you know whatever, stop whatever is happening in the moment, and. It just empties and there's nothing. And then Matt is kind of just like laughing like a crazy person, yeah. which Hysterical is very laughing. Yeah. And TC's like gone. TC's yeah. gone. Like once so, he was in the water, he was gone like oof. a mist. Yeah. So head count. Houston's gone. TC's gone. Matt is crazy. Sasha and Lance losing hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they keep moving um, through the building. They're, you know, just keeping on. They see some bloody handprints at one point mm. um they are attempting to open the elevator they found an elevator oh, so right. lance is trying to open up the elevator um but he's having a hard time so he's tells sasha to wait here with matt and he goes off to try and find something to open up the elevator um so he breaks like a bar off a hospital bed and then he sees a tongue that a tongue and then all of a sudden like drip 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 from above so he looks up and there is a patient on the ceiling with no tongue and like blood coming out of its mouth and a shaved head and like black eyes so he is like like running for his life with this bar from the bed and he eventually gets the elevator open. So good thing he grabbed that bar, but like Jesus Christ, close call. That like got me a little bit. I was like, Oh, oh yeah. no. I don't know why. I was like, Ah, yes, a tongue. And then I didn't expect there to be someone right above him, but that got me. Um So 
he comes back to like that patient, that shaved head kind of patient. And oh, yeah. Lance is like fighting with him, and Sasha is like trying to help, but like also doesn't know what to do. And then Matt picks up a camera and records himself, and then he jumps down the elevator shaft and records himself the whole mm-hmm. way down. You don't really get to see to his, that. To his death. Yes. And just to regress, I'm not sure when it is, but there's a scene where they're when they're trying to find a, a way out where there's like a "you are here" map. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, yeah, that's right. I don't remember what point that <laughs> and is. I thought that oh, was kind of funny. That was right before Houston dies. Yeah, because oh, they were like walking around and like I feel like I've been walking in circles, <laughs> and then they like it says we're right here, and then to, yeah, and they're like, well, that doesn't make sense because we just came out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. A, basically a useless like yeah. tool. At that I just kind of got a chuckle out of that. That was funny though, yeah. So, anyways, Lance and Sasha then climb down the elevator shaft. Um, you know, they see that Matt jump. They check his pulse. He's gone. Um, so, like Lance's original plan, like try to get out through the service tunnels. They've made it. Um, but they're like still kind of like panicking, um, you know, because they're, you know, going through these service tunnels and like nothing really. They're not really getting anywhere. And right. At one point, Sasha starts to uh, throw up blood. You know, mm, I don't know mm. what's going on with her. She's probably possessed by a demon with those mm. scratches on her back. Uh-huh. Possibly. Yeah. Um, you know, Lance takes another vlog, like close up, talking about how they're you know, running out of time and Sasha might not make it. Um, and then it's like kind of like a static cam shot. You just kind of see that the service tunnels are like filling up with fog, mm. like a lot of fog or smoke or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and they're then, they're kind of like tired, exhausted. Yeah, so they decide in the to service nap. Tunnel. Yep. And then once the fog kind of like clears up, you re- Sasha is gone and it just lands. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he's like freaking out. He starts kind of goes and starts looking but his flashlight is dying which they you know they've been in this crazy hospital situation for definitely over eight hours at this point um so his flashlight dies um he tries to use like the evp and he's asking the ghost like what do you want from me and like he kind of has like a response but it's like a lot of voices like you can't a but bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of voices, you know, very. And very you kind of. I feel like you can hear some kids' voices oh, definitely. in the background. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, and then after that, he kind of like takes, you know, another vlog shot close up, and then he kind of has a moment where he just kind of goes, fuck you guys. Because he's doing this all for, like, it's all for you. You know, the yeah. audience. And he just was like, fuck you guys. Um, he is so desperate, you know, tor- after this that he is waiting in the dark, very still, and he kills a rat with that pipe that he got from the hospital yeah. bed. Uh, you he, know, snaps. He, he snaps. He snaps. He snaps mentally. It, uh, and then he, like, starts laughing maniacally like uh, like Matt did because he's, he's lost it. He's, like, yeah. out of hope. Um he found, he like kind of gets going again, and then he finds a door, a wooden door, and then he opens it and goes 
into what appears to be an operating room, which is like kind of creepy because he's in the service tunnels. <laughs> then he finds an operating room and, you know, he's looking around investigating. There's pictures of patients, previous patients, I hope. And you get a um, glimpse of this room, too, in the beginning of the movie yeah. when they talk about the doctor earlier. Hmm. Ah, yes, definitely. Um, so, yeah, he's going through the room and, like, the stuff that's in the room. And he comes across an altar with, like, ritual stuff and, like, a book. Um, and he turns around and he sees the doctors. Like, they're at the operating table kind of just, like, standing and waiting uh, and he knocks some stuff over and then he like, you know, he turns back to the stuff he knocked over and then he turns back and the, there's a doctor like right there. And then it his face like opens up with like a black pit. So it's like de- they're demon doctors like. Oh, no. Yeah. And then it kind of like there's like a struggle and then like the camera like cuts out and then it's like one more vlog kind of shot from Lance. They said I'm all better now. I can finally go home. Grave encounters. Lance Preston. And you see the blood coming from that one teardrop or tear duct from his eye. And obviously he's probably lobotomized. And then roll credits. Oh, boy. Well, I have a a fact about that scene. So the book book he finds, um, the book is... um, is just one page of runes that is repeated. So mm. it's a pattern. The runes in the book are an old script used by the Norse or Vikings. Uh, the runes can be translated directly into the English language, and the words clearly read out a parody of I've Learned, written by an unknown author. Mm. The parody reads as follows. Steamy, a relationship is at first, the passion fades, and there had better be a lot of money to take its place. I've learned that sometimes the people you expect to kip- kick you down to kick you when you are down will be the ones who do. I have learned that we don't have to ditch friends because of their dysfunction. They are more fucked up than you think. Wow. Very true. Yeah. That's awesome. the only spoiler fact I have for yeah. uh, for this episode. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like watching a full-length <laughs> movie about ghost adventures, but yeah. I mean... I don't know. A lot of the jump scares like got me, and it did kind of like creep me out hmm. and gave me that like you know eerie feeling. Like I definitely like I was watching this while I think my apartment building was like settling. So like every subtle movement, I was like, <laughs> "Who's there? Who's there?" But um, Megan yeah, karate it, chops the air out of <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just alone in my room oh, yeah. doing karate. Yeah, my roommate walks in. What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. Fine. But it it's creepy. Like I don't know. It definitely like got in under my skin a hmm. bit. Yeah. So what did you guys think? Well, as I said earlier, I'm not a huge fan of the um, found footage, found footage or security camera footage films as i call them but the thing i really liked about this movie was not only did i not totally hate all the characters in the film like i totally get who they were as people yeah but i also enjoyed the twist of how basically they were trapped in this um this 
Like a loop? Yeah, this loop, like this haunted, um, I don't even know what the word is, but basically um, very twisted. You can't get out of this realm. Like, yeah. You know what I realm. mean? Like they were transported yeah. somewhere else. No, yeah. I like when, when they busted down like the main door and I'm using quotes because like obviously they busted down the main door and it just led to another hallway. I was like, oh, they're fucked. Oh, like, <laughs> I think once Matt locked that door, that window. Yeah. That was it. Oh. I think that was I think that That's was the linchpin of the whole keep keeping them in the asylum. Yeah. Right. Cause that was their like escape route out to the other world. Right. Yeah. In a way. Mm. So you guys are probably going to hate me, but I wasn't a huge fan of this movie. Yeah. Um, That's all right. So, so I, Sean Rogerson is Lance Preston. You know, he nailed it as the host of this mockumentary. I, I felt like I was watching Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures, and I liked the guy who played Houston. I mean, and but like that being said, I, I really felt like the movie was like too contrived to be a found footage film, and mm-hmm. it's like too forced in its intentions. And a good example is when Sasha wakes up to find the word hello scratched in her back. Like for me, that was just like, all right, too much. And so like the first 30 minutes of the film – you know, we're watching the production team, and at first it's okay, but then they're just they're just like bent out of shape over everything, like along the way, and it gets to the and I get the intention in doing so, but then it just gets to the point for me, like where it just kind of got annoying and dull, and it just got really old really quick for me, and I actually fell asleep watching it the first oh. time, and I <laughs> so so fun fact about me, I am pretty much an insomniac who never ever falls asleep watching a movie ever, so. I, I picked up where I left off. I, I watched during the second go around and I made it through the end and there were definitely like a few pleasantly creepy shocks and, but it was just like, I felt like I had to wait too long to get them. And I did love like Houston's death and, and how you didn't see him being lifted up and strangled that, that yeah. creeped me out. And the, when the hand uh, smashes through the window and grabs Sasha, Ooh, that, um, got me, yeah. that got me and, and the demons with the distorted mouths were okay, but they were like, they were like really reminiscent of like the death faces in the movie The Ring and like some of the ghost scenes in The Grudge. Kind and, of generic. Yeah, and and so like the bathtub scene, for instance, is a, is like is very re- reminiscent of the Grudge movie where like um, the little boy, the dead ghost Toshio, drowns Detective Nagakawa, and and then the ending where Lance encounters the zombie zombie doctors operating on someone is a blatant ripoff of the 1999 remake of the house on haunted Hill. I mean, oh. it's like very oh, forgot about that. Yeah. And so the rest of the movie just for me, was like the Blair witch project meets paranormal activity. And I, I, I'm not a big fan of the, the lost footage movies either. And it's funny. I actually have a friend who's like, um, one of the main actresses in like, uh, paranormal activity too oh. <laughs> and but i'm like uh, i'm just not like blair witch was okay but like i have a hard time getting into these kind of movies myself and for me like it was just it tried too hard to be it tried too hard to be a mockumentary and i just kind of felt like it was uh, beating a dead horse and i actually <sighs> i was writing my thoughts and i was like i would actually rewatch thanks killing on a continuous loop 
and eat radioactive <laughs> turkey before I rewatch oh this boy. movie. Wow. So at least Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving is original and and the world would be much better off if Graven Connors episode six was never ever found. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow, that's a deep, yeah. that's a deep cut. I know. I thought you guys, guys thought I was harsh last episode. I know, but at I least know. I gave like. Don't uh, hate me, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's why. That's, that's why, why we're here. You know, like we all have different perspectives too. Yeah, everything's subjective to the opinion, and that's what I've said yeah, since day yeah. one. So this is like the first bad review I've given, actually, yeah. and I'm still gonna be fair about it. Like I, I think I was pretty objective. I pointed out things that i liked and things that i didn't like you know like i knew as soon as like i'm lance preston i'm like you're the dude from ghost and hen oh yeah (laughs) because he's wearing like the tight black shirt and like the gelled up hair um he also reminds me of this other guy i forget his name off the top of my head but he's really big into horror movies and stuff yeah they tried to kind of like mesh it all into one and that's what i loved about the movie what i like about this better than blair witch or paranormal activity which for the record I stopped watching Paranormal Activity after like the first five minutes of the film. Yeah, I was like, yeah. done. I'm not doing this. Like, this <laughs> I don't is, think I've ever watched I, I already <laughs> want to take a nap. But this one, it was like, it was cool because I feel like they really took that, oh, what happens behind the scenes on these shows? Yeah. And yeah. Then, you know, I know it's a movie and all, so it's it's just cool to see how the characters develop. You really get to know them all. Yeah. Uh, to your point, Rob, of just waiting too long, I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, I think they were trying to make the build up a lot more than what it should have been, but overall it wasn't that bad. I, I don't think yeah. it was that bad. I, but it's I de- definitely got the creeps. I'll probably not watch this again. Yeah. But if someone happens to wanna watch it or it gets turned on, I'm not gonna be mad about it either. Well, on that note, do we wanna give our ratings? You guys sure. go first. Alright. So <laughs> as always, we rate with gravestones or stones in quotations five stones uh movie is great i would buy and watch over and over again four stones around that point the movie is really good i would definitely watch it again three stones the movie is good should see it at least once two stones movie is okay or maybe it's not good rent if you want to kind of like a throwaway movie or something bonus to watch with something else just to fill the night um one stone just to be fair, the movie is not for me. Yeah. So, so. Meg, well, I'll let you go first since this is <laughs> your pick yeah. for the week. Yeah. So I definitely liked it. It definitely hmm. spooked me. You hmm. know, I I kind of like to immerse myself in movies hmm. that I like enjoy. So like, obviously, Thanks Killing, like our last one, was not something that was. Something I could really get into, like, like immerse myself in. So, like, this one, I kind of felt like, you know, imagine if I was in this situation type deal. And, like, I'd be pissing my pants, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, I am going to give Grave Encounters a 3.75 because wow. I liked Very it. Cool. It was spooky. It freaked me out. I would definitely watch again. Um, you know, I think it would also be fun to watch with, like, other people. Um, you know, whether if it's just like in a fun way or even like everyone's kind of spooked and mm, watching it because mm. I, I don't know i guess i'm easily spooked you know but <laughs> i like the adrenaline rush so that's my rating yay i am gonna give this movie a 2.2 so i definitely would recommend watching it once and 
maybe I'd watch it again in the background. <laughs> but like I again, I, I think it's such a particular niche that yeah. if it's not your thing, then you know, I think there are some people that it's not their thing and then they like they were pleasantly surprised. So yeah. for me, it just didn't do much for me and and I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> Don't hate me. <laughs> How could anyone ever hate I you? Know. I know. <laughs> now Ryan's gonna drive by my house and throw eggs at it and throw <laughs> toilet paper and the all that stuff. I you know, like I said, um as as far as liking movies like this, I think I gave it a fair shake. Um wasn't bad. Uh, apparently this is the first movie that the vicious brothers has directed and for a first movie with them they seem to got a good cast too yeah that's uh, true. i was surprised by how many movies that they've starred in and that's part of the charm of like really looking into the background as i do for all our movies um to give you guys the the backbone before we get into the actual spoilers um I'm actually kind of interested to see what they did with the sequel of this, mm-hmm. which there is Grave Encounters 2, oh, yeah. uh, which was released about a year or two later after this. Um, so maybe that's another movie for another episode, of course. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I think this movie was okay. Definitely worth a watch. Um, I just went with a solid three. There you go. Nice. Just a solid three. You know, nothing crazy, but definitely not bad enough where I was like, I got to turn this off, but not so good whereas i'm like i want to get this on blu-ray or or want to recommend it yeah so, but um it's definitely a good movie if uh you need something to either pair with another movie or if you're like i said with friends just something good to watch so I yeah give it a three yeah it's pretty middle of the road i I, yeah. I will probably give it one more go around and see if my initial thoughts change but not likely you right. never know would you guys like the stone rating? Yeah. All right, and I want your opinion on it before we really <laughs> before we really put the nail in the coffin on this one. <laughs> so, with all of the ghosts that I've had to add up for this and divi- <laughs> divide it all by three, it it came out to a two point nine eight. Now, okay. I didn't want to round it up to three because I didn't know if you guys knew it would be fair. Just to, for the eight to round up to nine, you usually do yeah. like a s- solid number to the decimal, but I didn't want to cheat it out of any anything as well. Give it a three. I, I think give that's it a three. Fair, right. yeah. So, cool. like, well, you know, it's already there. Grave Encounters, two thousand eleven, season it, one, episode eleven. Three stones. Woo. I think three is very fair. Yeah, I think it's three. fair. <laughs> Said I'm all better now. You could finally go home. Perfect. It's definitely yeah, a middle of the road, I think, you know. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's like a Yeah, like you said, it's niche. So it's kind of like take it or leave it, depending on if you like this genre. I, I think actually one. I would probably give it a higher rating if during the investigation they found a killer turkey inside. And that oh, they... my God. <laughs> Rob, I think you can do better than that. <laughs> I know you can do better than I that. I know. Uh, it's all right. I love those trashy yeah. movies, though. So, like, I I actually was talking to one of our monsters, Dan Gert- Dan Gacharna, uh, about Grave Encounters, and I said how I wished, you know, they 
they showed how they found this footage. You know what I mean? Because like Good in the point. beginning, the producer is like, oh, you know, we found this, but like not the crew or whatever. Um, and he said that's what the sequel kind of starts off at. Cool. So I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, if you like Grave Encounters and then, you know, you kind of want a little bit more definitely check out the sequel so. might have to do that yeah yeah and i'll probably like if i rewatch that i'll probably appreciate it more i'm sure yeah excellent right any final thoughts or any uh any shout outs that you want to give before we sign off for tonight happy thanksgiving i no know problem. it's past already um but happy thanksgiving happy holidays we're getting into that season thank you again for all our listeners and Thanks for the recommendation, Ryan. Appreciate that. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, we're always thankful for you guys, so thank you. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to say, yeah, happy Thanksgiving and uh, and stay safe out there. Beware of those Black Friday shoppers. Oh, seriously. <laughs> wear, wear your hockey mask and your or your your like catcher's mask or something and. <laughs> And uh, good luck out there. <laughs> Basically, wear a helmet when you go Black Friday right. shopping. If yeah. you go Black Friday shopping. Right. Good luck if you're going to go shopping. And, Stay and, safe. Uh, and, uh, yeah, countdown to the holidays. There's a coming. Awesome. Uh, just as a note from us, I just wanted to say, one, thank you for everyone who listens every week and everyone that supports us. We, we, we don't have enough gratitude thank to you. show you guys for all that you do. And thank you to reanimator rob and meg the mortician for being with me along the ride for this um we are we already have our movies planned for the rest of the year including a great um season one uh season finale yeah which will release right before new year's mm-hmm. and uh early next year we'll do a season two so any questions suggestions anything like that let us know because we will be uh reformatting the uh, show a little bit just to you know, trim some of the fat and basically give you guys more of a well-rounded show as much as we can. And we're always looking for suggestions and comments and ways just to make the show better for you guys. And yeah, we can't do it without you guys. So absolutely (laughs) we couldn't do it without your support. So, uh, of course, uh, always tell your friends to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, our names on those are at monster talk podcast email the monster talk podcast at gmail.com again that's the monster talk podcast at gmail.com and as i've neglected for the first <laughs> like eight or nine episodes <laughs> our twitter account which is at monster talk nh for new hampshire that's Ooh. again monster talk nh we are now on anchor fm spotify apple give us give us a like and give us five stars even if it's terrible We'd appreciate five stars, but tell us how much we suck at our jobs <laughs> or how good we are. It doesn't matter. We're on Audible and Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio app. If there's a platform that you do not see us on, let us know. I will get right on that and make sure we're on it for you and your convenience. Awesome sauce. Yeah. It's it's been quite a ride so far, and we're only eleven episodes in. One we're just hell get, of a ride. We're just getting started. Woo! And uh, yeah, we got some uh, other stuff coming up as well. So until then, we'll be signing off. This is Christopher from the Black Lagoon. Le- yeah, Christopher from the Black Lagoon. And reanimate the Rob. And Meg the Mortician. This has been Monster, Monster Talk. Talk. Monster Talk. <laughs> <laughs>
See you guys next Wednesday. See ya. Bye. Bye.